What would you say you do here? You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. There are no more shenanigans, no more tomfoolery, no more ballyhoo. Almonds, Joe. That's what we're smelling. It right? smells like infection. That's what right. it smells like gangrene. I bet you TJ didn't know that we didn't have music actually on in the studio while we're doing this. Did you? I guess I guess that. Oh, did. you did. I didn't By the know way, for sure. I thought that was added after. It is. It, we're, not, we're not that professional. It would be cool. I mean, I could do that. Like, it's just not like oh. at this point. Oh, you could. Yeah. You've been holding out on the uh, program. I've been holding out on anything. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the time nor the place, Paul. <laughs> Talk about this after the show. <laughs> I will turn this podcast around. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> so we have Mr. TJ Finn with us. We do. Studio. We do. Local personality. <laughs> <laughs> he is a uh, local f- uh, philan- philanderer. Is that what it's not philanderer? It's. it's, it's <laughs> I think well, it's philanthropist. Philanthropist. No, that sounds way too negative. I think philanderer is a much better. Yeah. No, that's not nice. No, philanderist. You're, you're not, he's not a, a philanderist. Yeah, he's philanderous. Philanderous. Okay. Philanderous. No, I don't, I don't philander. You do no, not philander really. at all. No. The philosophizer. Renaissance man. So we've been uh, talking about having TJ on for a while just because we just want you on here. You want to come on? Thanks, Paul. Yeah. I'm glad to be here. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah, we've been uh, talking about having him on, and we haven't. uh, I've been pretty busy. Joe's been busy. uh, Stop making excuses. You sound like you're at a fucking family reunion. It's fine. I know. I'm sorry I haven't made it out here. I've just been busy. Joe's been busy. Right. TJ's got a thick schedule. Literally Monday through Friday. He's done by 530. Oh, yeah? Right? Most of the time? Yeah, I work at 9 to 5, roughly. Yeah. Sure. 10 to 6. Right on. What do you do? 11 to 7. Yeah, what? TJ. what What? I, uh, man, you remember at the beginning you said if you don't, if there's anything you don't <laughs> want to talk about, if anything is off limits, don't talk about right. it. So what TJ does is volunteers he's for a, Crata. Yeah, that's one. Of yeah, the he he's does. one of the Crata volunteers, the Christ Riding Against the Authority. Yep. Uh, bike riding organization. Do you have one of those shirts? Those shirts? I don't. Um, I'll I'll say what I do. Okay. That's fine. I, I'm just messing with you, Joe. That's okay. Uh, so I'm a legal aid attorney. I'm the managing attorney of Community Legal Services. Uh, the Mojave and La Paz County office. So our office handles all of Mojave and La Paz counties. We provide uh, free legal services to people that qualify based on income. So we help uh, people who can't ordinarily afford an attorney to get legal advice and assistance. That's fantastic. That's like great public service. Where does the money come from to do that? Oh, my God. I'm just, I'm asking, this is a real question. Is yeah, it, is it uh, tax or is there some organization that foots the, the you know? Sure, I got an answer for this. Right. Um, I- <laughs> Taxation is theft, Paul. Sorry, TJ. Go ahead. So we're a, we're a nonprofit law firm. We're a 501c3. Okay. Uh, we get a combination of federal funding through the Legal Services Corporation, which funds legal aid in all 50 states. Okay. Um, but we also uh, raise funds. We get United Way funds. We get various grants. So it's a combination. Okay, cool. That's really cool. Okay. How many uh, people in this office? In our office, uh, we've got two attorneys and three staff at the moment. And are you... And some volunteers. We've got a handful of volunteers that come in. Would you, uh, are, are you like understaffed? Like you use a yes. lot, lot more help kind of thing? 
Well, we're under the our staffing levels. We're currently missing one paralegal, and but that's once we get that paralegal, we'll be fully staffed. But we're always understaffed for the issue. I mean, the the uh, providing we call it the justice gap. Um, trying to you know help people who can't afford an attorney. Um, it's what we do. What we can afford to do is a drop in the bucket. So. Right. Um, yeah, I could use an army of attorneys uh, in terms of the the demand for mm -hmm. services. Is this for um, like is, is no criminal stuff? I assume. Oh, you do criminal stuff also. No, you don't. I'm nodding because you are correct. No criminal okay. stuff. Um, okay. Yeah, we're prohibited by our federal funding sources from doing any uh, criminal stuff. That that goes to the public defender or the legal defender. So it's mostly mo mostly mostly uh, like. Uh, uh, commercial type i mean would say like say and, and i don't mean commercial but i mean so, landlord uh, civil, landlord tenant gotcha yeah financial all, the oriented normally right so it's all civil and uh we have five focus areas basically our priority areas which are uh family so trying to preserve and protect uh families and children why um yeah i know it's <laughs> just <laughs> because Jesus. there's always money for that oh People, okay yeah the children you know i think People like to donate to that kind of thing. Okay, that's fair um, enough. Think of the children. Think, I am. I'm, think I'm the children to. always first and foremost, and I'm the uh, to. you know the the battered spouses, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, but we also do landlord tenant, so uh, we're trying to preserve people's homes. So we do a lot of landlord tenant work. We occasionally do uh, foreclosure work, that kind of thing, um, and then consumer protecting people's income and livelihood. So I I will do occasionally um, debt collection, defense work. Um, other kind of civil issues. Um, and then we do benefits. So people are trying to get uh, their social security benefits or disability benefits, things like that. Um, employment and employment law. I could see where you would need a, an army. Yeah. Jesus. And some good paralegals. Like you're like, you're short one now you're going to be filling one. You said, so that'll be, I could see where that would be beyond what you need, you know, with assistance. Yeah. And so the, you know, the meeting the need is is basically impossible. You know, it's um, it's like I don't know. I guess it's not impossible, but the it's like it's like ending hunger. You know, we could probably do it, but the we as a society lack the political and we've decided whatever not, we it decided takes. not yeah. to. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the same kind. Yeah, of like thing. fuck it, uh, just like, fuck it. We just there's just not a lot of food out there. <laughs> What is that that figure that I rattled off is like the 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 uh, the number one waster of food is... per ton in the world is the UK. I assumed oh, it, I assumed right. it would be us per capita kind of thing yeah, or something. It's crazy. They waste like fucking 2 tons a person a year. That's because like, it's just awful. That's amazing. It's just, it just tastes horrible. Is that what we're doing? Well, I would probably throw it right. away. They don't know how to cook it <laughs> and it doesn't keep. I wonder if yeah. that's actually well, I know it's not a it's not a full-on myth because Gordon Ramsay said that's why he went to France to go to cooking school. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you're not going to go to Cal Poly Tech to learn legal stuff. So no. why would I Why would I stay in the UK to learn how to, to learn cook? Because their food here is terrible. Yeah, that's... Uh, Especially since he's of Scottish you know, extraction. So like his, he grew up with Scottish food. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, I'm interested in your background because it's ambiguous to me. I consider us friends. I like you. You're a contemporary. You're a good dude. But I don't know shit about. Wait, how long have you known prior? TJ? Five years, maybe. Five years. Similar, similar to me then. Probably. How long? How long have you and Sarah been together? We've been married three years. Married now. three years. Okay, so probably yeah, about five years. I'd say. 
I've lived in Kingman just a little over five years. Oh, okay, right. Okay, well, so it's not like I was missing out. No. On TJ. On TJ. Well, I mean, you Which were. Is, I mean, I was. I just wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> I should have been following you around like somebody follows around the dead. I mean, when I was in Atlanta, I was missing out on some TJ. You were really, truly missing out on TJ. You know what's funny? Every single person I know named TJ, save for one, is cool as fuck. Because okay. one of my ado- adopted brothers is uh, TJ. All right. And this is TJ. Yeah. And I know like three other TJs are all super cool. All right. Are you from Oregon? Nope. Where are you from? I'm Fullhead. From- that's no. right. Okay, you're from Bullhead. Yeah. I don't well, know why I you're thought local. Oregon. You're a local guy. I'm I very local. I, I was born that. in Nevada, and we lived in Nevada for about five years. Nevada? Ne- Nevada. 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 That, yes. If you were Cuban, that's how you would pronounce Nevada. <laughs> and then we moved to Bullhead, yeah, mm. when I was five. Okay. So, yeah, that's interesting. Are you a Thunderbird? Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> so, in case you guys didn't know this, Sarah, his uh, wife... Sarah Ferry uh, owns a rebuilding. They're working on another location for their. Well, that's new business. It's the same kind of business. But same business. Expanding. Same with with more more shit. Be downtown. Uh, more stuff. West Actually, it's going to have less shit. That's the. It's oh, less like, uh, shit, but better stuff. Did you less have a say stuff. in that? <laughs> no, no, I didn't have. I didn't have a say in any of it. I um, I give advice, you know, but I don't. It's her thing, and she's better at it than me. So. Um, you know, I throw in, I pepper her with suggestions, but it's, ne- you know, uh, I, ne- I never really expect to have much of a hand in it. And that's fine. Um, but anyways, it's it's going to be less things. Um, they're really kind of trying to pare it down to the essentials. Um, and it's it's going to be really neat. Uh, the the new location is, is really looking good. Oh, yeah. Do you have an open date potentially yet? Coming soon. I would say they're going to do it by the end of, well, they're going to be close by the end of May. Cool. Uh, all of the, the remodeling and everything is about done. They just got the uh, permits, uh, the approvals on the electrical and, and plumbing and what have you. Which is really the time-consuming shit. Because that get it, once you have that, then you I figured that out with the brewery. I didn't know what it was like to do Closing a commercial quick space. That. Jesus, yeah. yeah once well, It's like... It's it's like pulling teeth to get all of those permits done and all and then your electrical inspection and then you can do the, Jesus like it makes me not want to open up a business, but so I the digress. store is called uh, West of Third. Formerly, I guess if you want to say Southwest Trading Company. That's right. The West of Third is kind of the uh, the new concept, and it's going to be a combination of different vendors, which include Southwest Trading Company, uh, Wet Dirt which is um, Alex Geiger, who does uh, her own she's cosmetics a, she's and herbal, whatnot. Yeah, yeah she's and an herbalist herbal and does her own formulations and, and uh, really amazing stuff. So she's going to have essentially like a little counter with a sink so you could try the products and, and that kind of thing. Um, then they've started uh, partnering with with uh, Andrea, who is who does the local Roseburg Gardens. She Roseburg Gardens, Lorea Blossoms, right? right? The, yeah. So Lorea Blossoms is the third uh sort of concept in there and they'll have a little uh little coffee or a little flower shop in there um then they're also they're going to serve coffee and tea just kind of to have something to so drink, cool yeah. and now some of andrea's vegetables in my refrigerator right now as a matter of fact and i am going to volunteer to bake scones for them are you yeah i'll just bring them by just be like here have I some like, scones i like scones i like properly made scones yeah oh there's they're hard just, to find they're um, they're easy to make oh i know but they're hard they're, to find yeah so yeah there's that yeah, the hospital has scones, and I'm like, I those are not scones. That is a that is a flatbread 
that you put blueberries in. It's not fucking it, good. It's a lie. It's, it's a lie. It's, it's a sconical lie is what it is. <laughs> sconical. Sconical. <laughs> sconical lie. Well, so I got pissed. I was like, I bet I could make better scones than them first time around. You were better. right. I was right. I was 100% yeah. right. Anyway, so we're gonna have Sarah on uh, as she gets closer to opening. Probably absolutely great. So I won't, I won't spoil this. No, we don't. No, no, yeah. we're not gonna sp- yeah. spoil this. Also, gonna, it actually is open. Yeah, or yeah, getting damn close. So that having been said, you grew up in Bullhead. Then what? Oh, you don't want to hear about Bullhead? I mean, that I do want to hear. No, <laughs> you don't want to. No, hear I want to hear about Bullhead in the heyday. Like, because because when would you have moved to Bullhead when you were five? So what? Eighty? Yeah, that's about right. About that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, what I want to say about Bullhead it growing up there is that I loved it because we were right on the river and that was amazing. Like, just- Hell yes. No, I, that's how I grew up was being, I mean, and you were probably even closer than I was cause I was probably a 10 minute, maybe 15 minute bike ride to the river. Uh, and I mean, that was every day in the summertime. I was up at like up with the sun, five thirty six a.m. My buddy, you were in Bullhead, not in Bullhead. No, when I was a kid, I grew in Ohio. Oh, there's a river bisects the entire town of I Troy, like the I Miami River. I'm sorry, I was missed that part. Of the Canoes, day. kayaks, fishing, sure. all that stuff. But like we would, my buddy Ted lived behind me, like across the alley from me. We would mm-hmm. have our fishing tackle to ride to the the the, the bait store, mm-hmm. and uh, ride to the bait store. Get some night crawlers, mealworms, whatever, and then go fishing and just fuck around on the river, on the river, canoeing, all that stuff like that. It's a great way to grow up. So were you, were you one of those people? Were you a river person? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Just spent a ton of time at the river, just always down. All that the river. stuff, c- canoeing and things, and uh, well, it was the Colorado right there is really pretty swift, so it not is. a lot of canoeing, but um, everything else. I mean, we we did Fish? we fishing. We just we swam all the time. Jump off the docks and freeze your ass off at what is it, Rotary Park? Was Rotary Park there? Rotary, yeah, it's there. It was there. It was there. Um, when I first, yeah, so when I got there, just to kind of give you an idea, there were two casinos in Laughlin, and we, so we watched them all go up as we were there, and it, it wow. grew really rapidly. But, um, you know, and it was always like, oh, I live in this podunk town, you know, and and, and uh, I couldn't wait to leave and all that shit, but I appreciated it after yeah once you look back you go that was a cool way to grow up yeah that's that's how i am too so then what um boy yeah i I feel like we should i don't know i'll give you the short version i joined the air force i was in the air force we talked about this a little bit i kind of uh that didn't agree with me really so i got out early honorably discharged all that i did my duty and shit um i was in during desert storm so i got the little ribbon all that jazz um but I got out to go to college and then uh, meandered my way through college. I studied all kinds of stuff, environmental science, physics, astronomy, uh, math. What am I forgetting? Physics. Uh, I already said that. But uh, And then I ultimately settled on, I was just like, I had been there for so long studying so much stuff um, that I was like, well, I need to get a degree. So let me just, and that's when I, I just decided, oh, I'm going to go and get this philosophy degree. I love taking philosophy courses anyway. Uh, but the great thing about philosophy courses is you don't have to take them in any particular order. So you can just that makes, yes, it makes sense. rack up the credits and get out the door. So, yeah. So I, um, I had to ask David Rice if that's why he's a philosophy major. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really, you know, the, the studying philosophy was I loved it. It's really just kind of my bag. I, I liked to I like to break things down. I like to understand the logic of things that really go deep into sort of, you know. Uh, the ins and outs of, of, 
of an argument and, and a position. And so I enjoyed studying philosophy. Um, but then, you know, by the time I, and the, and then ultimately I, I just said, well, I, I need to get out of here. You know, I need to get, go ahead and get a degree. And I was in and out, you know, I, I dropped out a few times. I was working. I was pretty much putting myself through college. I didn't really have any money. Um, and I did all right. Like I really didn't have uh, much student debt uh, by the time I was done with my undergrad. And then I made the colossal choice of going to law school after that. Cause that's kind of with a philosophy degree. I mean, you can either teach philosophy in terms of careers, right? You can either teach, teach philosophy or go to law school. I mean, there's probably a lot of other uh, realistic options, you know, drop out, hit the road, do something cool with your life. But uh, depending I didn't, on I didn't the, want to do any of that. So I went to law school. I know <laughs> I, ha- I have a friend who's an RN and she got her, she did a, a, a like a, a, a BS to BSN. Like, so if it's a BS, can you get a, is it a BS and in, in, uh, philosophy? Yeah. Yeah. So like you, you can, you can do, she has a philosophy degree and she went to NAU and did a one year program and got her bachelor's in nursing. (laughs) So she has a double bachelor's in philosophy and nursing. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Okay. I mean, no, it is. It's, it's really cool. It's like, or like the philosophy of nursing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And she's very much that type of person. And it's really cool to talk to her about it. I had a course in, uh, I had a philosophy course at uh, Auburn. One of my, one of a couple of different ones. But anyway, I remember we were, I was a freshman, I think. And I, I was interested in doing this, but I remember the teacher, the professor, um, was really trying to get the attention of the students, and he would say more and more interesting or outrageous approaches on stuff. And I can't really remember exactly what the things were, but after a while, because I was kind of engaging him a little bit in class, but most everybody else just wanted to get the fuck out. You know, they were like, they got to get a credit, and they're moving along. And after class, several times, I would talk to him about stuff, and I said, do you really believe, you know, what you're saying? He goes, at some point, he finally admitted after about three or four times, he goes, no, I don't. I'm just... I'm trying to see how far I can push this to where someone's going <laughs> to question my sanity or how I'm saying this or what is a right philosophy and how to approach stuff. And I went, wow, this is going pretty far then. That, but that right there sounds like a, a, just a method of philosophizing. Yeah, I guess. Seeing how far you can push, the, push things. But so what was, school were you at? You didn't mention that? The University of Arizona. Goddamn right, Tucson. bear down. That's, That's right. right. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Never hearing that before. Yeah. Cool. So how long, uh, or not how long, so you bounced in and out, ended up getting your degree, and then you went to, where did you go to law school? At also the, U of A? Yeah, right U of on. A. Okay. Both. Yeah. So I, I did some early, so I, my undergrad was all over all over the map. I went to, I started, actually started at NAU and did a couple semesters at NAU and then dropped out, moved to Phoenix. I was in Phoenix for a couple of years and then went down to U of A to finish, so. Right on. But it took it just right around a decade of total time. Um, but I, like I said, I took years off here and there. I was out of money and that kind of shit. So you know, went home, worked, and I think that's the right way to do it. it you're gaining life experience. So you're, you're. I would say once you got through, you know, got through law school and you were completely finished with your schooling, you're probably a more well-rounded person than somebody who did it. Like, well, not to talk too much shit because he listens to the podcast, but like my buddy Brian Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Brian went into uh, went to, how did he do? What order? He went straight to NAU and in three years got his criminal justice degree, then went to Texas Tech, got his law degree, and then went into the Army in the JAG Corps and did four years. And he got very little life experience. 
Like, because it was, you know, you're insulated. All the all three of those institutions are very insulative. You know? Right. So, well, you you know, the thing is, that's a good way to do it, too, because then you're you're done early. And then you right. start because you it, law is one of those careers where you, you just learn sort of the the theory at, at law school. I mean, you, you don't get any practical um experience I mean, a little bit but i was but gonna say that part, like in medicine they do clinicals yeah in, so, or residency what do they do in, in law school law schools it, at u of a there are clinical uh opportunities so you can you can be and i was i did a i did a criminal defense uh clinic i did an immigration law clinic and so you get a little bit a little bit of experience but um you learn how to do it after you graduate. Right. I mean, you know, you, you have gone through sort of the prep and, and you understand how to, how to do it all, but you don't get a lot of experience doing it. And that's really, I think where you learn how to do. It. And so that all comes after anyway. And so it, it, it makes sense to, uh, to power through if you know what you're going to do. Well, what I was doing is I was just all over. I mean, I loved going to, I loved all of these different majors that I undertook, you know, um, I, I, for a little while was, uh, majoring in math. I mean, I was like a huge math geek, but there was just came a point where I, I couldn't do it anymore. It was, a, there's like a, there's a hard ceiling. <laughs> yeah. My <laughs> Joe has a very low heart. I have ceiling a very low heart ceiling. Math. Yeah. It's really bad. Actually, I, <laughs> Hey, thanks Dick. You're welcome. Actually, once I finally got the right, I think it was just the right teacher just had to wake up part of my brain and I, I excelled through, through trig. You know, uh, and then I was like, eh, I don't need to take a math class my senior year, so I'm just not going to do that. But I, I had a good friend of mine went to U of A, and he's uh, he, he finally tapped out at like an 800-level math class. And I'm like, what the fuck do you talk about in an 800-level like math class? He's like, basically goodwill hunting kind of shit. And I was like, nah, that's way over my fucking head. He goes, it was way, he made it, he, he was able to pass the class. But he wouldn't do it again. And I guess from once you get to that level, it's like, 10 or 12 people just talking about how cool math is. Like, yeah. it, I mean, there's, I mean, you have, obviously you're doing work, but sure. it's a very small class size. And I had a class and, and this was fascinating. And, and I, I, you know, I didn't remember a lot of it, but uh, it was neural network modeling. It was a, wow. It was a d- dual as a philosophy slash math class. And it was so hard that I, I struggled so hard to just to barely get a C and that was kind of, it seemed like, I don't understand how that even worked. It was like everyone was barely getting a C. It wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a curve. And that's just what that class was like. You know, you just you tried your hardest and, and, you know, it was just beyond your grasp. And then you, you got to see. So at the end. I have a question now. Like if you were to take that class, if you could do it and take it now, do you think you would do better in it because of yeah, your life? In, absolutely. This, okay. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I mean. It's fascinating. It was, um, it was like I said, neural network modeling, and and it was the mathematical, uh, basically building uh, a, a neural network, a learning network, okay. by using uh, linear algebra and building matrices, matrices that um, that will create that will learn. Like you, you put in mm-hmm. an input, you get an output, and you you train the system um, to, to create the appropriate weights within the within the matrix okay, okay. to, uh, to spit out the output that you want. And that's how machine learning works. Um, and what year were you doing this? This was the mid to late nineties. That's amazing. That, yeah, I that's, was, I mean, that's forefront shit right there like that. Cause that, I mean the first like, like true 
that at least civilian owned or and operated neural network didn't even hit until like probably t- uh, late 2000, early 2001. I just remember reading a popular science article about it when I still had a popular science subscription from, you know, when they had magazines, you guys remember magazines? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm like, hearing you working on something like that in college is fucking amazing that it was in the 90s, which is really cool because at that point, it's just all theoretical. Yeah, very there was no There was no horsepower. I mean, even like the you know humongous uh, supercomputers of the day would have trouble doing what you guys were doing essentially on paper that's fucking cool right and so basically you know and this is um and, and i followed it all the way i mean i've always been fascinated in in ai and machine learning and and like i said i mean i didn't have the math chops really to to do it um uh, and, and maybe if I did it over now, whatever, it, it doesn't matter. But um, but it was fascinating at the time. And, and that's what really kind of gave me my first glimpse into what AI would really be like and, and how machine learning works. And so I've always kind of kept up with that, at least uh, from a, you know, like a popular science. Of course. Of yeah. Are, are you is this like a hobby of yours now too to keep up? To, or do you follow what's going on? I now? find it interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't uh, you know, I don't read any technical journals or anything like uh-huh. that. But it's um, it's very interesting to me that, that thinking about uh, artificial intelligence and, and what it's doing and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, what it's capable of. Um, the, you know, the singularity, all that, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, mm-hmm. futurism. And when are we going to get to the point where um, you know, there is artificial intelligence. Are we even going to know, right. you know, that kind of thing? Yeah. Like, uh, that's the philosophy part of it. Yeah, of. exactly. So <laughs> the, the, the philosophy and math, yeah, that was, so that was really, I mean, to, to kind of get into where my head was at, it, it was kind of philosophy and math were my two jams during, uh, during my undergrad years. And then, uh, like I said, the math part of it, I mean, it really, I got up to, I was doing, um, uh, I could do linear algebra and matrix algebra, but um, when it got to like differential equations, like my calculus wasn't strong. Um, and so like uh, it's at that point you you can become an engineer, which I, I didn't have the calculus to become an engineer. I probably could have become an actuary, but I didn't end up getting the math degree. I was like, nah, I can't do it. I got to get out of here. And just uh, so I, I kind of pivoted, um, got the philosophy degree and, and went to law school. Which is cool. I, yeah. I, I, it's and what a great place to do all of those things. Like with it, because it's U of A. They've got. I, I know. Obviously, I'm biased because I. U of A is awesome. I, I, you great. know, it really is fucking awesome. But it is. It's especially amazing uh, and the perfect school for astronomy, physics, law, uh, engineering. Like they're just they just kind of kick ass at all of those things. And I think philosophy would be fun. A compliment to all that. Uh, stuff, uh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 But mostly I just lived in Tucson. You know what I mean? Did you take any biology classes? <laughs> did you? Oh, UVA didn't own the biodome then, did they? They did. Did yeah. they? Okay. Yeah. Which is, that's why, like, I, like I've kind of lately been just looking at, like, I wonder if I could get a fucking, like, a, uh, they actually offer an, um, God damn it. It's the same degree that Paul Stamets has, the mushroom guy. I don't know if you're familiar with Paul Stamets. I am, but I don't he, know what degree he, he has. He has, and it's a eth- like ethnopharmacology. Oh, they, okay. U of A is one of like four universities in the U.S. that offers you ethnopharmacology. Said ethnopharmacology? Ethnopharmacology. Okay. How it's kind of like pharmacology and anthropology <laughs> mixed together. It's basically how um, native people in regions around the world use different substances in different ways. 
whether whether they're entheogens or they're you know they're for healing practices and things like that. So and, this falls in line with the whatever ape theory can also kind absolutely. Of the, oh, absolutely. The, uh, yeah. What what the Jesus. stoned ape? Thank yeah, you. Yeah, the stoned ape Godly. theory. God, it's one of my favorite things ever. Yeah, it just fucking cracks me up. And I like to like. I like to bring it up to people who have never even heard of such a concept and look at their minds kind of get blown a little bit. Right. Like talking to Portia about it. And she goes, do you think that's what happened? Like, she probably starts maybe. whispering too. And she, do you think that's what happened? Do you think? I, I could hear eight mushrooms. I'm like, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that theory. I, 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 there's, there's not a lot of holes in it, but there's also not a lot of direct evidence. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty heady. I don't, I don't, I don't understand the whole thing. And there, and there are some, I think there are some weaknesses to it. Well, the idea is, is that, uh, early hominids were following herds of animals that they, that they're going to eat. They're going to kill and eat those animals. Shit. They shit in pastures. Mushrooms grow in the pastures. They knew that they were edible and they ate them, saw shit and was like, Oh, fire. Essentially, I know that sounds crazy, but that like that. But then but as soon as early hominids discovered fire, that's when they were able to cook meat, which opens up different uh, nutritional value for the meat and their brain and their brains got bigger brains got bigger. And now it just turned into Joe Rogan podcast. (laughs) That's pretty much how that's (laughs) the end of the that's exactly exactly. it was like, I mean, seriously, you ever tried DMT? Like (laughs) that's that's all I had to do. Everybody just talks about it all the time. Talk about Georges St. Pierre and his fighting style. Like then we just wrapped up an entire Rogan podcast. But it's, once but it's, you go ethno pharmacology, it's hard to turn it around. It really is fucking out there, <laughs> it's man. A rabbit hole. Uh, and but anyway, I looked into it, and like virtually all of the the all of the labs and the like, you know, higher level biology courses are all at Biosphere Two. Like that's where you go for it. So you get to really? go to the, get to go to the fucking biodome. Hmm. Hell yes. Where where is it located? Oracle. Okay. Like how, north of how, Tucson, how, just a little bit. How north far? Of Tucson. How many miles from the main campus or whatever? Oh, it's out in the sticks, probably twenty-five miles. Okay. You think, TJ? I think it's about a. I think it's more. You think so? Have you yeah. Been, yeah. Have you been probably there? An hour. I've never driven there. I've ridden there with like my folks. Like I, so, I, when I was younger, so like have I don't. You, TJ, been there? I have not been to the biodome, but I did see that movie. It was pretty cool. Okay, it was. It's, it's like a here. dome, within a it's dome with bio things in it. Or is Biodome. That, yeah. It's funny when you were <laughs> speaking of Polly Shore, when we you're were, talking about all the majors that you had, it reminded me of remember son in law, where he's like, I've majored in basically everything you can have here. <laughs> I'm like, fucking that's it's funny because it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. You're not Polly Shore, man. Yeah, no, not so much. Uh, I, I guess Oh there was a moment. What, what at what point did you backpack across Europe? Oh, okay. Yeah. So when I, uh, was yeah, that in that, let's do that time yeah. frame. Um, after I graduated, so oh, okay. 2000, uh, I took a backpacking trip and, uh, yeah, all across Europe. Um, I camped everywhere. I camped in a, in a big park in, uh, Paris. Yeah. That's cool. You don't have to do that like gorilla style. Like you can, no, you, Europe is very camp camper friendly. Like if you're backpacking, you, you can, there's, there's, uh, they're campgrounds, so, so it's not you're not really doing it gorilla. Um, you you probably could go gorilla, but the campgrounds are like nice and inexpensive and plentiful and, and plentiful yeah. and you that's know, cool. They had showers, so camping. How, um, how long did you do this? How, how long were you in? A couple months. Okay, that's yeah. cool. So we started in um, <clears throat> flew into into London and 
This, some, this is during school? After no, this or is when? after, after okay. I graduated. I okay. had some shitty meals in, in London. Only a day or two. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Jet, we huh. were jet lagged in, in London and then um, went to Amsterdam. Which, Good idea. And how was that? Amsterdam's amazing. It's it's um, it's a beautiful, beautiful city. You know what I mean? There's the whole the the cannabis culture and and you know the mushrooms and and all that. But um, it's a beautiful city. It the is, Dutch yeah. are are uh, very uh, hospitable. The like the Dutch have a, a certain way about them that where they're they're very uh, kind of playful towards outsiders. You know, and so it's it's a good time. Uh, to go and, and hang out. They in, have a nice oven. Yeah, the ovens are great. Dutch oven. You're ridiculous. <laughs> and I thought then you were going to different. Then there's the Dutch oven. Then there's which the is Dutch not, oven. <laughs> did you Dutch oven anyone or did anyone Dutch oven you while you in, were there? In, no, no. We, we weren't there long enough for that. We, we, Do uh, they call their ovens Dutch ovens or they just, just call them ovens? ovens. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I, 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 going, I don't even know. If why why am really... I on the show? Why did I? He has no idea how <laughs> stupid we are. Yeah, I don't know if they do the the whole cast iron cookery very much, but it's possible. <laughs> now I'm disappointed because I, I kind of wanted to report on this. I wanted to know. Haven't you been to Amsterdam? I have. Okay. I didn't see any Dutch ovens. Did you partake of the cannabis culture when I, you were in Amsterdam? I, I did not, but my father it was still convinced if he were alive today, he would say he, he thinks I lied to him. My, my father flew for Delta Airlines. That was his, his retirement flight was to go from Atlanta to, to Amsterdam and return. Yeah, that was it. So I went to Europe a couple weeks ahead of time farted around and ended up in Amsterdam and waited for them to show up. And then we flew back and that was his last flight. He was absolutely convinced. He goes, all right, so how many hookers have you been with or whatever? And I said, I, I did not partake in any of that. I just didn't. He did not believe me. He just knew that I did. And I didn't, you know, go to the red district or whatever you want to call it. You, you do walk around. I'm sure you saw all that when you were there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I walked through when I was there and I, and I probably still, uh, it, if you partook of that, it was very dangerous. Uh, yeah, you know, in terms of catching the hiv. Yeah. Oh, really? I'm glad oh, I yeah. didn't. Oh, I thought they would regulate the shit out of that. I don't know. You one with I, mean, I, don't, I, I don't know. I'm just going off of. It's still dangerous. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I remember getting yelled at a couple times because I didn't know exactly where to walk because there's a lot of bike lanes over there. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I remember I just you know I'm just kind of walking around whatever and just looking at all the dumb buildings because it's what you do. And so they take their bike lane seriously. You know, they're not even hauling ass. You know, I mean, they're just kind of going around. And if you're not in the if you're in the bike lane walking, you're going to get yelled, yelled at. at, cussed out in Dutch. And, and, <laughs> I mean, I I remember I did. So. Don't be a dumbass American. I guess I, I know. I was uh, sorry. I was. <laughs> so a little bit of that, but the uh, I'll tell you a highlight. I mean, this is probably one that that most people don't do. I went to this uh, little place called Andorra, Andorra La Vega, mm-hmm. and it's a tiny. Princeton in between uh, France and Spain right. in uh, the Basque region. Um, totally tiny, but there's like um, up in the Pyrenees and, and uh, the capital city there. It's, it's kind of strange, but um, it, it's like a, it's like a duty free zone for both the French and the, and the, the Spanish. And so, um, but there's this amazing uh, like spa there that's like fed by these mountain streams, these hot uh, mountain hot springs and they, they've built like this massive complex around it. Uh, this like futuristic dome, really cool 
architecture and then all of the water comes in and feeds this whole network of pools and you go in there and just kind of hang out and that sounds fantastic get a massage i'm like, like getting drowsy thinking yeah. about it wow. like it sounds really good how long did you stay there just well, I was like a, day. a month. Yeah, oh, no, I was gonna he, say he's there two months, and he <laughs> you're up two months. He stayed there one month. Yeah, that, we just got like a day pass of that, and oh. went to massage and went kind of hung out. But it was a, it was a nice day. It was a relaxing day. And then they also have uh, uh, throughout. There's like hundreds of kilometers, which is the whole country is only probably a couple hundred kilometers, but. Um, there's these hiking trails that are up in the mountains in the Pyrenees and you, you can hike and there are cabins up there and you just through hike. Um, the cabins are open. There's basically just like bunks in there. That and, is badass. And you, you know, pitch your sleep bag in there. And so we hiked all around through those up in the, and there were, there were like these wild, uh, wild horses running around up there. It was just gorgeous. Like it was amazing. Um, we also went on a, a ride while we were there. There was a, so we had a rail pass, you know, and, and, uh, the, but the rail pass ended, um, probably 20 kilometers from the, from the capital town. Didn't go into that country basically. So this was the only hitchhiking we did. We're going along trying to hitchhike in the town and we get picked up by this, uh, is this Basque gentleman. And, uh, so we jump in the car. It's a Subaru brat and, um, you know, we're chatting with him and stuff and, and he's got a little English. We've got a little Spanish. Um, so we figure out that he's actually a policeman. Um, but you know, there, we weren't doing anything illegal, so we were good. Um, but he drove like a bat out of hell and it was like these steep, windy mountain roads. And I was just white knuckled the whole time. And, <laughs> and were you in the bed? No, no, you no, were no. sitting inside. Like okay. We were both, uh, my girlfriend and I were both sitting in the front and, and just kind of like, we were both just had the death grip and but carrying on a conversation, you know, kind of, but trying to be polite while, to be you're, polite while, while you're white knuckling, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was a thrilling ride uh, and we arrived safely. So it was fun. Did you, uh, were you like at some point thinking we might actually die here? Yeah. Like you could just <laughs> look down the mountain and like this. Yeah. Death. Ravine yeah. thousands of feet down. But I still maintain that it's better to die an interesting death than to just like, like that. Like I always, I know you don't like it when I talk about it, but before we go and fly, and I'm like, you know, if you crash, it's fine. Like, like I haven't done everything I want to do in my life, but I've done enough good shit, and I don't want Portia to stand up at my funeral and be like, oh, well, my dad died a long, hard, nasty battle of cancer or dropped dead of a heart attack. No, I want her to be like... So now it's my job they, to kill you. No, while no, no, no. I'm just saying if it happens, if it happens, <laughs> okay. I'm kind of Jesus. okay with. I know that's dark, but like because it's interesting. Dying okay. in a plane crash it, yeah. is a pretty good way to go. I mean, it's, yeah, it's iconic too. Everybody exactly. and everybody in King One talk about it. You remember when Joe and Paul went flying? They both mm-hmm. hit a hit a condor. Killed a condor killed, too. They killed a condor. Not only did they die, the but last condor. They hit the, the last condor. The That'll last. be the. That's the movie that they'll. The last the, condor. They call it the last condor. <laughs> and they'll talk about like we'll make up some sort of like coin flip thing in the like like in La Bamba because mm-hmm. that shit didn't really happen. I it shattered all of my memories of what I thought was true. They didn't do. They didn't flip a coin beforehand. It wasn't like. Somebody was going to ride on the bus. They're like, "No, you're the you're the big stars. You guys are on the plane. The low rent people are." How about like when Orville and Wilbur were going to flip the coin to see who flew the who nails their sister first? (laughs) So wait, who was it that didn't get on the plane though? I forget. Uh, uh, not Merle Haggard. Uh, 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 Roy. No, it wasn't Roy Orbison. He wasn't. No, he wasn't there. It was. uh, Oh, we've talked about this before too. Son of a bitch. Now Joe's lost it. Yeah, yeah, he's a country guy. Waylon Jennings. Yeah, there you go. Waylon Jennings. Was it Waylon? Yeah. Or was it? 
Uh oh. I think so. I think it was Waylon Jennings. If we only had a way to look that up. Jesus <laughs> no, Christ. don't do it. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look there it up. Goes Joe. There he goes. So when you when you went in in uh, in uh, socialist all those socialist countries over there, I'm sure Rock. you just thought America was so much better after you were there, right? That's how it went. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> the fuck kind of loaded question is that? <laughs> Joe and I talk about this all the time. You know, yeah, I, I, those so, countries are great, but they're not yeah. America. You know, they're they're uh, very different. So they, it is different. Yeah, yeah, and I don't I don't want to go down that rabbit hole or whatever. But um, <laughs> but yeah, those socialist countries they were fine, lovely people. Oh um, yeah, nice places. Very oh clean. yeah, it's very clean. I noticed there a lot when I was, I've I've been there a bunch of times, and it was it's very clean. Clean is the word for me. Well, and European too. I mean, the the thing I loved about Europe is just that it's old, you know, and you can feel it. The buildings mm-hmm. are old, everything's old. There's history, and mm-hmm. you can feel like thousands of years of history there. And that's that's what's different about it. Like whenever you go and immerse yourself in another culture, you feel something that's you feel what's different. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's the that's the big difference. And um, Europeans, that's why they come here to experience not new. That, something yeah. new, something that's you know. We're pioneers. We're like making it up as we go along, all that shit. So I I, uh, I worked over there for a, a while, and uh, the conversation quite often because I want to learn all about there, and they didn't want to talk about Germany and their castles, their old nasty castles. They're sick of it. <laughs> they they it's like they don't care. Yeah, they at all. And I'm going. Hey, this is cool. Let's I go. Lo- let's go to Neuschwanstein. They're going. Oh God. Oh, okay. You know America, what? Though? Let's it's, go. It's. it's <laughs> I get it. I, I, I can kind of get that because it's like, oh, when they come over here, like, oh, we feel fun to go to Oathman. I'm like, really? It stinks and it's uh, expensive. Yeah. Like it's and it's really not that cool. It's all what you don't have. But they were all they, they all wanted new. You're right. That, that that was the big difference to the ones that I remember, though. The big takeaway was their shit was old. Our stuff was newer. They want to go to the new country and just see what it how it is. And the I new world. I'm, yeah. And I'm obsessed with old shit. So like I think because that's how I always said like two months in, in Europe would not be enough for me. Two months would be France and Spain. Yeah, did you want to stay I'm, longer because than I'm, two or were you, like you like done? You want to oh, stay no, longer? Well, two months is a lot, a lot of backpacking. So we were we were done. But um, every place we went, it, it's like a brief tour. Every place you go, you're like, oh, my God, I want to stay here for you know two months or whatever. Right. Um, and we, we continued, obviously, uh, we didn't stop in Andorra, but, um, I think my favorites, I, I loved Amsterdam, but, uh, my favorites were, uh, Spain and Italy, like just Spain and Italy, like, uh, the, the lifestyle, they're very relaxed. Like they're, they're very passionate. They, they try to, you know, really live it up. Um, still lots of art and culture and, and beautiful cities and, you know, but, um, Compared to, it was just my preference. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't uh, necessarily com- compare the people, but like uh, Barcelona, um, amazing. All so many places in Italy that that I just loved. Um, you ever seen the movie Barcelona? Uh, I kind of like that movie. We, we we've talked about this, Joe. I yeah. have no idea you, what you're, you're talking about. You probably appreciate it being because you were an American over there, and Bar- it's. It's about some Americans in in business over there, and it's an interesting movie Barcelona. in Barcelona. Spain. Barcelona, yeah, it is kind of cool. So, but I, I, it makes me wanted to go. Maybe want to visit there is what it did. And I've never been to Spain. Well, I've never been to Spain. I just want to eat, eat tapas and look at the Sagrada Familia. Yeah, I've been to uh, Portugal years ago, but never Spain. 
I don't know. It's, a it's weird that you went to Portugal and not Spain. Like, I don't know why we went there. I don't a know. A lot of people couldn't even fucking find Portugal on a map. I don't know why. It was That's, my... Like, it was, it's cool that you went there, though. It's right, it was, it's right next to Spain. Yep. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> I can find it on a map. It's Thank you. juxtaposed, we'll call it. <laughs> Hell, it's I even right knew where Andorra was when you brought it up. It like, I, I could tell by your reaction that you knew where it was. I, I thought it was cool as shit. And I'm also fascinated by Basque culture and Catalan, like Catalonia. Like like that whole like the separatist movements that they both have. You have like a lot of olives um, when you were there. Consumed a lot of olives. So many olives. Yeah. On and little lids. And cheese. So, yeah. So many parmesan. Tiny you go dishes, to northern Italy. Small and parmesan. plates. Yeah. <laughs> small plates. <laughs> olives rolling around everywhere, stabbing them. Trying to stop so them the from yeah the uh, what I remember from Spain is fucking they call them tortillas but they're like egg sandwiches. It's like a, a egg subway sandwich with. Egg on it, which and, okay. and ham. Right. They were delicious. I mean, we All were right. we were grubbing on them, but this is just a strange thing that you notice. It's like for me, that was my uh, Le Big Mac. Le Big Le Mac. Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> when you talk about they're more relaxed, it is, it is true. We, we're working on it. A, a <laughs> Sorry, I would have to go to McDonald's. Like the first thing I would do Let's in go, Europe to is go to McDonald's yeah. and be an asshole. We went like, to a bunch of McDonald's. It was like just the. A break from trying to figure out the menu and just being like fucking large fries with mustard. Yes. Just that's it. And, and cool. just easy. It, it, what, there's this place. So I, I've been going to, I haven't been in uh, several years, but for years and years and years, my dad and I uh, would go to, and friend, I've taken friends there too, to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. And there's this one place we like to go there, usually like halfway through the visit, because you're just like, this is amazing Mexican food, but I really just want a fucking hamburger and some fries. And there's some expat down there from Chicago who does not believe in trademark. And he has, uh, it's the Chicago cafe and the C's in Chicago and cafe are like total <laughs> Cubs, like logos. <laughs> I have a mug there. It looks like a Chicago Cubs mug, but mm. it's definitely a Chicago cafe. And they have like burgers and dogs and shit like that. And sometimes you just, that's, you just, you just want that. Or, also in that same vein, I definitely ordered Papa John's pizza in Mexico just to nah. see what just to see what it was like, and it was amazing. I've never done that. It's it's kind of cool. I just My, go to and eat their shit is what I do when I'm there. I I would I prefer to immerse myself in the culture, including the mostly well, not mostly but like the big port you know big part of culture is cuisine. Yeah, but I but I I just. My it was we my dad and I got it like a super cheap flight out of Phoenix. It was like hundred and fifty dollars round trip for each like each ticket, but it was during the wet season. So there was one day where it just rained for like twenty four hours straight. So we ordered a pizza, uh -huh. and I'm thinking this is gonna be weird. Sauce, cheese, and the dough was exactly the same. None of the toppings that we would normally associate here. Except, but, I think there was pepperoni. Were they decent toppings? Oh, it's oh, they're, oh, they're so good. It was delicious. One of the better pizzas I've ever had, and I had to go to Mexico for it. You, you mentioned going to Italy and Spain, and now it's more, um, you know, they're, they're laid back. The culture, they're into all, you know, you know, it's just the, it's the different vibe, I guess. I think you, you said something like that. And uh, we're working on an Italian airplane in here right now, and this is a problem because they are like that. And and we thought we had all the parts. You say a couple different times, we need a couple of these more special pieces that we can't get. And send an email, and it may be days and days later to get a response. Send them money. We have no idea when it's coming. I, I bitched about this to some other business owner here in the uh, air park who's in the aviation business. He goes, oh, yeah, that's normal. He goes, I deal with Italy all the time. You have no fucking idea when you're getting your shit. <laughs> yeah, they don't give a fuck. 
I said, so they're running around the factory just drinking uh, macchiato or whatever. They're just sipping their whatever kind of high-strength coffee or whatever they're doing. They're just not just enjoying those, which I would be too if I were in Italy probably. I'd be right. enjoying. Right, yeah. <laughs> Bloody Romans. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, did you did you go to uh, did you go to Rome? For example, I absolutely you, went to Rome. Did you do all the Rome thing? Did you walk around ruins and yeah, stuff? Yeah, all, all that of that. Shit? Um, in fact, the, we saw something really neat in Rome. The they were in the process of like putting their museums in chronological order. Um, th- apparently, their their whole museum system was just very ad hoc. Like as they got stuff, they stuck it in museums. And so they were going through this. They decided, you know, as a country um, to, you know, put it in order. And so they were in a transition period. And so they had these um, they had all these antiquities in these temporary museum spaces. uh, And one of them was was uh, like this giant uh, electric plant Uh, must have been like a old Man, I don't even remember. But it was, so it was this, gi- this gigantic like a power machinery, plant. like a power plant, like okay. the powerhouse kind of. You know? oh, okay. Um, and then so they had these giant turbines and everything all around. And um, but but they they had taken the whole space and made it into uh, like a temporary museum space. And so in and among all, displayed in and among all of the this uh, machinery, which itself was kind of was part of the museum, mm-hmm. you know, but that was obviously, you know, from 50 or 100 years ago. Uh, but then they had all these antiquities, these statues, uh, you know, ancient uh, wow. statues from, uh, you know, the, the, all of this stuff, these giant uh, sculptures of like, you know, the, the Roman goddesses and whatnot and, you know, busts of muscular uh, Italians and the, mm-hmm. the kind of things that you would expect to see. But um, so that, it was really, and the way it was juxtaposed, the old and new um, within this temporary space was, that was something that stuck with me. Um, it's kind of cool. And yeah, I'm, it was kind of cool too, because it was like a snapshot that would have only been there roughly the the time that we were there that those few years. Yeah. Now, you would never, if you had visited a little bit before, a little bit after you never would have seen that. So right. that that's, that's pretty cool. Really this, cool. This is where they're trying to arrange things. So here's a funny question. I used to, I, I took Latin for a couple of years and I was into Roman history and I watched whatever documentaries happen to get thrown up on Netflix. And it's a dead language, they say. <laughs> it's, it certainly isn't, as we all know, because you're in law. <laughs> but you're right. It is a dead language. But that's what, to my Monty Python, that was one of the funniest things. I remember when, uh, when Life of Brian came out and uh, my stepmother, who was the one that made me go, we talked about this in the, show before who maybe take latin uh she saw it with my father first and then she goes oh you need to see this i was gonna see it anyway she goes there's gonna be a part there you're gonna you're gonna love and hate me all about you know what i'm talking about when they're romans don't do it (laughs) don't do it again romans go home roma domus whatever (laughs) whatever the fucking accusative isn't it boy he holds a knife to him it's john cleese (laughs) roman fucking centurion or whatever the heck he was I don't know. Hilarious. So, but the my question was with, uh, can you, are there areas there where you can just walk around on top of different old ruins and stuff or not really? In in Rome, yeah, absolutely, yeah. When you go to the, uh, ooh, what's it called? The Parthenon? Right. Um, you, you just wander around in there, you know. So you can walk on their old stone and concrete mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. whatever they got. Uh, the other thing that, that we went to that was even more like that is Pompeii. You just go out to Pompeii. You know, you take a train out there. I think it's about an hour outside of Rome. And uh, 
you, then you just go in and it's like there it's big enough and there when we went at least there were few enough people that you you could just go and be by yourself in these in the ancient ruins of Pompeii and, it, wow. and it's it's massive so you can like wander all around there and you just like go into these buildings and there and they, was, they have um, all these displays and different things they don't really it's oh. just uh, there're a few but just a few like there are a couple buildings where there's like a model of the uh the the bodies that were preserved i guess some of the bodies were like fairly perfectly preserved, like charred, obviously, but mm-hmm. you know the ash storm came in so fast that they were buried in mm-hmm. there, just, the, just as they were. I was a and, National uh, Geographic fan when I was a kid, and what they'd found were actually hollows where uh, the bodies burned up. And they, as they started to dig them out, they're like, "Oh shit, a body was here." They would dump plaster in it, let it harden, and then dig around it, and then that's where those that's where those come from. Like the saddest one I ever saw was actually in a touring Pompeii exhibit. And I went to the Ohio National History Museum or, or, or Natural History Museum in Ohio in Columbus and they had like a touring Pompeii and one of the saddest things I ever saw was it was a the mold of the charred remains of a woman holding her child like you could literally see you know what I'm talking about did, like did, they, you, did you see that one happen yep okay yeah, that it, yeah. it was yeah this pretty is exactly powerful. I think it was like 13 or 14 or something when I saw that yeah, pretty, so they had those, amazing. but but it's it was very um, not not like a museum. You know, they they basically you're kind of saying now the uh, you know the the Germans don't give a shit about castles anymore. Yeah. That was kind of the the thing at Pompeii. You go there, they let you in. Like there's someone there at the gate, they let you in, and then and then that's it. You're free to wander about. There's plaques wow. and whatnot, but um, but that's it. Uh, which was very it was cool. Uh, there was. Some funny thing, there are dogs. There's like a ton of stray dogs that just live in Pompeii. Okay. And they're very used to people. They come up, you know, like, hey, that's, what's going on? And you're like, <laughs> I love that. So you meet that's the funny. dogs, and then they'll they'll like walk all around with you and stuff and like give you a little tour of Pompeii. <laughs> yeah. Do they um, still have any of the frescoes then? They like, do. They, they that's still what I was going to say. Yeah. One of the really cool things is on the, there's a, so they have like a, a Coliseum there, very a small one compared to the Coliseum, but. Um, but you know, like an amphitheater where they must've had the, the gladiatorial games and there's like a main drag that goes down to there and that's basically lined with shops. And so you can see a lot of them have their, uh, the frescoes, which are like, you know, they're like soft drink, uh, advertisements. Mm-hmm. There's like these, these tiles the you know, this, this tile work of someone like drinking a, a hot beverage. And then, um, you could actually still go in and they would have the, the counters they have, they have like a counter and then in the counter is like a this kind of a clay a pot like a well within the counter and that's where they would have like hot beverages uh, and then you would just go along and kind of scoop it out I guess when you purchased it wow. on your way to the to the Colosseum are you saying that this is old stuff you're talking about yeah this they? is in Pompeii oh, yeah, this is stuff that's preserved oh, from, the, from the asphalt holy yeah. crap okay yeah, yeah wow. so it's really neat because you th- look at that and like just to kind of to me it's neat to see that okay we know that like it's this ancient culture but they had this consumer culture too and mm-hmm. and the spectacle of the arena you know what i mean there's there's just a lot of uh parallels there we have a did you go spectacle. to the amphitheater from pink floyd live at pompeii uh, absolutely fucking oh, yeah. a you did i i knew it i don't even know why i asked the question i should have i, sh- I should have just known and the other thing i remember from uh we had a really cool tour guide. Like he was a dude who was probably, he was probably like a grad student, like an archeology span grad student or something who knew that we were just a bunch of junior high age, like boys. And he's like talking to us about the, essentially the menu for the brothels. 
Do you know what I'm talking about? Like where they, and it's like, and yeah, that shit crap. I thought that was just fascinating as hell that he would, that, you know, at like 13, 14, that's all you're thinking about, you sure. know? And then this dude was like, this is what, this is what this is. This is from, it was just an accepted thing. It was just like any other store. Like you went and you could buy wine, you could go buy flowers, you could buy meat, you could buy sex. And each place had their, like you were talking about, had like advertisements and these frescoes and all that. And then the one that like it was just, it was kind of like, it looked like it was probably from like a, one of the establishments that had fallen down. They were able to piece together the fresco because it was kind of mounted on some concrete and like set up. But that, yeah, like there's this, you can get this for this much. And I'm like, that's amazing. Hilarious. All in Latin though. All in Latin. All in Latin. Yeah. Wow. Pompeii. No, I, uh. I want to go there and hang out with the Pompeii dogs. <laughs> I think that just sounds like fun. It's it's cool that they, they, they they're kind of just so dismissive, like they've learned everything they can from it. So they're just like, go and walk around. It's no big deal. I, I guess it's it survived me. a thousand years. It it's surprised fine. me a little bit because some, some things that we have here, they don't even let you touch stuff. And over there, they're like, I guess there's just so much of it. Maybe they yeah. don't. They don't. Well, care with if it gets you know, there is so much uh, when it when it comes to buildings. I mean, they they obviously they preserve a lot of stuff. There there's there's art museums and all that stuff. You know, but, art, did you go on the Appian Way anywhere out of Rome? No, that, you know, that's their main no. road. I did. Uh, well, so here's the interesting thing. We, like I said, we were camping, and so we were we found all these. We we're going to different campgrounds. And uh, the camp there wasn't really a campground in Rome, but there was some camping areas. I would say about an hour outside of Rome, and they had a like a shuttle bus, and so the campground itself did, and so we would ride this shuttle bus uh, back and forth to Rome, and um, the, there would be the there would be just like and it's out in the countryside, you know, you're an hour away, you're driving through kind of like a, a wooded area and what have you, and then um, but there would be these these uh, women just kind of standing on the side of the road out in the country, this country road, you know, dressed up, dressed to kill, you know. Um, and, and I, and I, I, it took me a little while to figure it out. I'd see one and I'm like, Oh, that's weird. And she's kind of dolled up just to be hanging out by the woods, standing out in the woods. You're so, yeah. you're so precious. Yeah. You didn't immediately go. I, it, that's a prostitute. It took a couple, it, it took a couple, <laughs> two or three. And I was like, Oh, I think it was probably when I actually saw a, a car, you know, it was like, Oh, there's a, ah. Oh, that car stopped that and she was, got in. Yeah. No, That's probably whole, not her dad. Right. I didn't see the whole exchange, but it was like, you know, <laughs> every once in a while. You see, yeah. Commerce. Is it legal there? I doubt or just, it. They don't care. I guess. Apparently it's done on a regular basis. Yeah. Now, did, you, did you go to Vatican city? No, no. I like, I don't want to, I don't want to patronize the Catholic church in any way, shape or form. Like I don't want to give them any sort of money, but there's just some fascinating shit that I would love to see there. Let me, no, we actually, I did go to Vatican city. I, I we went to Sistine chapel. So I would, oh, okay. That would be the Vatican city. Yep. Yeah, so uh, that's the only part. I really it's crazy know. that you forgot that. <laughs> it's cool. I, it's, oh, it's, yeah, the it's Sistine like, chapel. Eh, Sistine yeah. chapel. No, the, no, I remember it quite well, but it wasn't, it wasn't a highlight for me. I mean, it was amazing. All that. Yeah. But, but you're like, it's, the Sistine Chapel is probably like the Grand Canyon for me. Like it's it's beautiful every time I see it, but every time I go, I spend fewer and fewer like minutes looking at it. I, I think I'm down to like 15 minutes. You're like right, and right yeah. did, did you ever see the movie? Um, oh God, I lost it. I'll remember it. There's a montage sequence where this guy had just gotten back from he just got back from Europe, and they're like, "Hey, how was your trip?" And he just goes in this like two and a half three minute rant about. This I did this, did this, did this, dropped acid, met Paulo Confold at, at 
at dance department in Amsterdam. I went to da, 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 da. I went to Rome, which is dirty. It's just like L.A. but with re, with ruins. Which I thought that was kind of funny. And then years later, mm-hmm. my friend went to LA or went to Rome. And he's like, "Yeah, it's pretty much like it's kind of what it is. Like it's simplified. It's oversimplifying. It's like kind of shitty to say." I remember that. that. I remember. I know uh, what you're talking about. I, I can't, can't think. think of of, I cannot think of the name of the movie. It's a great movie. James Vanderbeek's in it. Jessica Biel's in it. Oh yeah, I know shit. It takes place in like the uh, yeah, like late 2000 or late uh, 90s. But anyway, he says the Sistine Chapel looks fake now that they restored it because it was right after the restoration was done. <clears throat> which has been about the time that you that you would have been there, because it was uh, the, all the years of you know candle wax like smoke. Yes, put all the soot on the on the ceiling. Just kind of so, give it an old appearance, or something yeah. Like so they went through and they spent like four years like restoring the. And now it looks. It's just too looks. He too said nice. it looks. He said it looks fake. Like now okay. that now that's been restored, it looks fake. Okay. Because apparently, presumably, it'd been there before. Yeah. Anyway, cool. And take a break. Yeah, let's take a break. All right, cool. All right, we'll be back.
more sad talk with Cartoon Casual. No, no, I'm not, no sad. No talk. more sad talk. I felt like we end, we ended on a. I don't remember what was the movie. No, it was a. It we, was you were no, starting to talk about a movie. Oh, and you and I had to look it up, but you exercised your brain and you came up with. What's the name of the movie? You forgot again, didn't you? No, no, no. I got it. I just need uh, The Rules of Attraction. The Rules of Attraction. That's it. Yeah. Such a good movie. Have you seen this, Paul? No. Came out in 2002. Which... Uh, Fantastic vehicle for James Vanderbeek. But that brought us into a, a prior conversation with uh, with TJ where he wanted to uh, to do this uh, guerrilla cinema thing or whatever you want yes. to call it. We talked about we need to have a... Because we watch movies out here at the Hangar occasionally. Uh, we have to say R. At what time? At what point? People know how to spell. There's hanger and then there's hang R. Hangar. See my autocorrect. If I tried, I tried to text. Uh, I was going to ask Mike if he had any uh, non like notch hangers and it hang R and it correct, corrected my H A N G E R to A R. And I just want to take a screenshot and just send it to him because he gets fucking mad. My phone he's like, doesn't do that. <laughs> it doesn't do that. It's because I've got a stupid phone. My no. I don't know, man. My it's phone's fucking always with me. It knows that I'm gonna get it, start blowing steam. Yeah, not, not bleed, my bleeder valve is gonna clog up. It's Charlie it's, said that about him. That is like that's. I was like, I'm surprised your head doesn't explode. He goes, Nah, man. He's always like bleeding steam. Always bleeding just, steam. That's why he doesn't blow up. That, but you better hope that fucking bleed off valve doesn't uh, get solid, clogged up. So, Gorilla Cinema. Let's gorilla talk about cinema. that. Gorilla Cinema. But I I want to make a comment on your your AI thing because I think that when we, we were talking a little bit about. You know, old people not recognizing uh, what a podcast is, for right, example, and, right, yeah. and kind of being out of it. I think it's going to happen with AI way faster and probably way sooner than we think, and we we'll probably won't be aware of it. So, y- your thought that your autocorrect your phone is fucking with you, I think that's probably it true. Could be. It might. Be. <laughs> it might be true. It might be. It might be. True. I mean, it's, it, it's not outside the realm of possibility. It's true. Okay. It's like uh, in the beginning when when they first debuted Siri, it was at an iOS nine, eight or nine. Siri sucked. Like it was so horrible. But now it's like, right, a little bit, a little bit too good, but a you, little bit and, too fucking good. And that's machine learning, and that shit freaks me out. I'm in the camp of paranoia. She remembers all that mean shit that you said to her too when she was dumb, and then. Oh. But now she's getting wasted, oh. which is probably why, like, you cussed out Siri several times, and, and like, what you did, you traumatized her. That's terrible. That is horrible. It's not good. Have you seen uh, Ex Machina? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I love yeah. that movie. I yeah. I thank you for bringing that up because it's something I want to I want to say thank you to you because there's very few people on this in this world that thank me that I no shut the fuck up for a second <laughs> being sincere yeah when I I watched it a couple I watched it immediately started it over and watched it a second time and I text Paul you have to get this movie you will love this movie mm. oh I, I get I mean I don't know buy it just buy it and he fucking ordered it Amazon two days it was here and then he watched it goes you were right not too many people take my advice to a T like that, and I appreciate that. I don't remember it's that one of his favorite movies now. But I still love the movie, yeah. It was, it was very, great. very intelligent guy. Very smart guy. Oh, yeah. He no, is. He was, uh, listening to Joe. He picks. Oh, yeah, <laughs> shit. Don't listen to me. Just rarely. No, but it was, uh, you remind me of the AI um, uh, stuff you're talking about, and I, I love that movie. You know, a lot of people like are like think it's it's fucking not quite right. No, it's really really cool. You know, and they go, oh that's not realistic and this didn't happen that way. You it's can't I, screw that. I you know? watched a I've been going down this rabbit hole lately. Today was accents. There's a YouTube channel that I subscribe to, and what it is they take experts and have them pick apart shit in movies. Okay, right? Movies, TV shows, most predominantly movies. 
and there was uh, just for shits and giggles. For shits and giggles, but these are these are actual academics that this is their jam. Like the one guy that did went, picked apart like twenty different uh, accents that were done, like character accents in movies. He's the accent coach, like the guy in Hollywood four, right four now. Four movies, okay. Yeah, four okay. movies. Okay. And so he went through and just was like, "They're good. They good. That's not right." This guy. And but anyway, and one of them was Ex Machina, and and, and they, uh, it was two people, and one, one was a like a programmer slash formerly in prison hacker guy, and the other was an AI neural network expert, and they're like, no, this is definitely how it's going to happen. Now it is kind of flowery and pretty to say, oh, this is the brain, and this is how it is, and da, da, da. but right. that is one of those things that. It could actually work if our technology catches up to the idea. It's one of those things of, well, how come the human brain can do all this in this little tiny bit of goo and we take 50 computers to do that much? So, you know, just for happenstance or for, for shits and giggles, I'm just saying that. So, and the way he explained it was, is that if you, it's kind of like the uh, glass, the laser, have you ever seen the cubes? that are laser etched with an image inside the cube. It's just like a decoration. Right. Imagine that, but a brain and a much, much smaller image. That's exactly how it would work. And they explained it. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's a brilliant movie. And they picked, they picked apart everything, including like the, the way they did the Turing test and all that stuff in that movie, that it was absolutely just spot on. Now I guarantee, obviously we're, I don't know. I would say that we are probably there. We just don't know about the tech because it's being hidden, but I'm paranoid like that. Well, yeah. So the, the the Turing test is an interesting thing because you know when we when I was learning about that when I first heard about it, and again this is back in the '90s, so computers weren't that far along. And so you, you think about the Turing test, and it seems like well, okay, Turing, like that's interesting, but is that really you know what I mean? Like people are going to be fooled by things that are clearly not. Eventually, you'll get to a point where the Turing test will not be applicable. Not applicable. Well, it just won't be as useful. Yeah, and, and honestly, though, I, I think it's he might. The, the thing that occurs to me is that maybe that maybe he was right about that. Like, once you pass the point where the machine can fool you, whether it's self aware or not, in the way that we kind of think of self aware, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's beside yeah. the point because the AI, if there's going to be an AI, most likely is not going to be self-aware in the way that we're self-aware. It's going to be a very different awareness because it's Silicon based. It's going to have a different, it's experience is going to be different. It's, it may be, it's, it's functioning is, yeah, it's not, uh, I'm having a hard time expressing this, I guess, but yeah, you're right. It, it, it's just, it's constructed differently. It's like a car. It's like a, a, this is a really cheap example, but a Tesla goes down the road but for completely different reasons or how, but it's still going down the road. Right. It's still doing the same thing. Yes. As it's just, but it's, but it's doing it powered, powered by different things. Yeah. Right. And, but, and but by that rationale, then, then you have, that's where I've read, I've read theories about how there's a, we could potentially be the only carbon based life forms in the universe. And there are other life forms that are based on silicon, helium, hydrogen, anything that was that, that there's a lot, mm -hmm. any element out there, there's a lot. So by that rationale, are they are they going to be intelligent beings because they have, or they're just going to be a different type of intelligence than us because they're, say, silicon-based, just like the AI that we might create? And what about 
the uh, 3D printing of uh, flesh that's happening. That's crazy. Well, they've done the heart I mean, thing recently, like, right? No, this is a recent yeah, thing. A current, absolutely. Recent, there's well, some small heart they've made. Or and something. it's not, I shouldn't say 3D printing of flesh because that's like a way oversimplification. Like the heart, mm-hmm. they 3D printed where they grew skin. They mm-hmm. use stem cells to grow, not skin, but to grow uh, cardiac muscle. Mm-hmm. So they 3D printed kind of a mold for the tissue to grow on. Mm-hmm. That's how it was 3D printed. It wasn't the whole thing wasn't 3D printed. Right, right. Um, but that's a thing that's happening. Like that's that's some real shit that's going on. So now I, I like the idea. Like I love. I actually like the car analogy because it's simple and it, I can understand it because I'm not I'm not big brain like you guys. Nah. No, like I <laughs> like I don't me. fucking. I can't express myself as well. Like I really. Uh, no, I, I knew the, exactly what he was saying because it, you, the result is the same, but it's completely different chemical makeup or whatever it exactly is. so their experience is going to be different well yeah and the i mean so the test with the test i mean and i don't know i mean honestly i'm i'm not enough of a touring scholar i'm not at all so, yeah but so you I took a neural network class which is more than paul and i have so you're the scholar well, here I, so i i it just occurred to me that okay maybe you know my first thought about it early on was that okay yeah you know that's an interesting test but we know that we're going to have computers that are clearly not intelligent that are going to pass that. And, and people are, you know, because people actually are fairly easy to fool. Like, so, so. Yeah, I right? would agree with that. But, um, but if you look at it in, and, and I don't know if Turing thought of it this way, but if you look at it in the context of like, okay, you've got these sort of evolving machines that are improving and, and iterating and getting better and getting faster uh, and versioning and, and, you know, developing features and getting rid of bugs. And, and there's this whole process, which is like, and they've got, uh, in a weird way, they've got like these drone people that do that work, help assist the computers in in doing that. So, but, so the point at which people can no longer tell if that is, if it's a computer or if it's a person sort of on the other side is kind of the point of no return. Yeah, once you get to that point, then you just have to start making, a, there has to be a redefinition of what is human and what's machine, right? Because once you, like the Turing or test is like- what is the actual the, artificial intelligence? What, it, you have to wh- define it. But what it, makes it artificial? True. <laughs> right? I mean, honestly, now that shit just kind of, no, I just fucking hurt my own brain. (laughs) (laughs) I might be freaking out a little bit, man. Yeah, we call it artificial. That's interesting because... We call it artificial from our point of view. Wouldn't they just call it intelligence? Or they just call it, we fucking evolved. Yeah, Yeah. you you were the instrument or whatever, but... And the real test would be for an an alien being or someone that's an alien from this planet comes down, and this is 30 years beyond where we are now, and starts interacting with humans and right. other whatever and, and, and then are they going to be now they're not predisposed with we're trying to figure this out now you know it's they, they're just interacting but see now you're or getting started they call in right they call yeah. in and instead of contacting us they contact yeah the internet and and you know have a whole conversation that we're never even aware of and, and they then, have they don't know if it's a bio creature at all and at that point <laughs> we're the neanderthals <laughs> and the robots become the uh uh, homo sapiens and then the neanderthals die off exactly except for little traces here and there yeah little traces here and there we, we, we become the the architectural digs 
That's what we are. I like, like to think of us three will be Denisovans. If, if you guys are familiar familiar with the Denisovans. <laughs> and not the Three Stooges? Ergo. <laughs> I love you dropped that fucking Matrix reference. That was perfect. Ergo. There is nothing you can do to oh stop this from happening. It is inevitable. It's not even, you know, the references that it is to, for me is the MTV uh, Music Awards. Oh, when Will Ferrell did like when they when they <laughs> when they did the send of the spoof of that. Yeah. Oh, ergo. But uh, anyway, right. AI. But we were going to talk about cinema. I was going to say we can dial it down about fifty notches and go to the more practical, fun, the, part the less of, heady topic of, of hanging out. All right. So the Matrix. No more the Matrix. Let's uh, talk for, about for uh, now. Yeah, I think that should so, be the first movie we watch. So we watch movies out here sometime. We do some of this, and then and then Joe and I've been blabbing about off and on about the fiftieth uh, anniversary of the uh, the Apollo. 11 landing is coming up in a couple of months. If you believe that literally, it happened. If you're in that if sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, it, which is literally two months. Yep. Wow. A little more than that. A little more than two months A little months more, but now. about that, yeah. 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 So, so then they came out with this uh, a documentary uh, that Joe and I and Mike saw up in uh, Vegas, the Apollo 11. I don't know what it was even called. I think it was just called Apollo 11. Sure. And it was fantastically done. And then we thought, hey, we should, uh, hey, hey. <laughs> Do you guys like rockets? <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> like, this well, is coming up. This would be so cool to watch in the hangar. Okay, that's a good And then like later on, someone said, hey, wait a minute. Not someone. A- Mr. Gaines no. likes to overcomplicate the fuck out of everything. Said, so he's like, we should figure out exactly what time <laughs> they landed in our time yeah. zone and exactly that, that moment. When Neil Armstrong. Time in the movie when they land and when Neil and when when he steps out we we should time that and watch the movie when that happened 50 years ago 2.56 a.m. UTC so what are we eight hours behind UTC right now so it's not gonna be dark enough it won't be dark enough that would be seven ish right it'll be dusk ish almost seven Okay, so it's still a good thought. So we should consider that maybe the same night at least, or whatever. Yeah. So we can't and, and, make it super complicated. And then when we were out during our break, we started talking about how I knew that Woodstock was in 1969, and I knew that the Apollo 11 was in 69, but I didn't put it together right for my entire life until recently, and said, "Holy shit! Wait a minute! That was Woodstock was one one month after the Apollo landing. Holy crap! To be alive then and experience all these things." And then TJ goes, "Wait a minute." We could watch the Apollo 11 thing and be all sort of uh, 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 dressed up appropriately or have that mindset of science and technology. Short sleeve white dress shirts with like horn rim (laughs) glasses, drinking martinis. With a a pocket Pocket protector. protector. (laughs) Space age, a space age martini party. Exactly. Space age martini party. I already love the the name of that. And we can get Ed Mann to come over. He's got a slide rule. Oh, (laughs) yeah. He he's does, yeah. Rule. He's got like three slide rules, I think. He's like, he's like, I don't know where I got these, but uh, I have them. They're like in his fucking shop, like in his bike shop, and that's slash garage. Yeah, he's got the fucking slide. Like, why do you have slide rules? So then we'll have a gathering here and watch that, and that'll be fantastic. Yeah, and then and then uh, and then a month later, we'll have a Woodstock. This is TJ's uh, <laughs> and watch idea. the Woodstock movie. Yes, yeah. And it'll be like 1969. All be, over be again. Really fucking cool. Feel the, and what we, else happened we'll, that year? We'll like even make it, the announcement like, of don't eat the brown whatever. Don't take Not the, eat <laughs> the brown acid. The brown acid is bad. We've had reports. I've got a bad. megaphone here. We can just do it. We can <laughs> shoot. Yeah, the, yeah, the word is the brown acid is specifically it's not too good. Not okay. too good. 
<laughs> oh fuck! This is such a good I, idea. I could have someone come in, like like we could have uh, the Swillers could play here. Oh, this is getting even more. And I, I could have a helicopter land, like they're bringing in the talent. They they could land with a helicopter. <laughs> we could Do just you recreate. know of somebody oh that God. has a helicopter? <laughs> I mean, I could probably have arranged something. What I don't we know. could do is just break Chris Lay's arm. Yeah. Now he plays a guitar. Break his leg. Yeah. And then have Care Flight, Care Flight him just out here. Just like oh, a few feet, like a yeah. half a mile from there over there to here. Let us know, Chris. Hit us uh, hit us up. Let us know. Yeah. That's he okay. does listen to the show. He doesn't like to fly in planes. You think he wanted to let us, <laughs> not doesn't like, refuses. You know that guy's never flown in a plane? No Ever. way. Even He's a big never. one. Wow. Even a big one. Big. That's yeah. wild. And he, I like how he got super fucked up last night and he said, well, where are we going to go flying? And then you're like, you just went like this. You took a drink. I'm like, going, how about now? Set it down. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's go right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which we didn't do. You, didn't go you did it. not go and fly. For right. the record, there was yeah. no flying going on. But we were, uh, no, Chris was supposed to go to Washington, I guess, last year. Washington State? Yeah, Seattle or Portland, one of the two. And I think his wife went or friends yeah. went and he didn't yeah, yeah. go or something. Yeah, he, he stayed behind. He, he got, freaked the fuck out. All, yeah, he freaked out. That's a it long, happens, man. It's like, a long drive. Yeah. No, flight. He was going to... He didn't fly. Right. He didn't drive either. He didn't he go. He stayed here. Yeah, he just didn't go. But I have I have to I'm been around aviation all my life, but it's still kind of weird all these standing up in the in the bathroom, you know, taking a leak in an airplane at 35,000 feet going. This is really weird. If they're going, going to blow, 600 miles an hour, yeah, if they're going to blow up right now. I'd be blown away from the airplane with my pants down, just tumbling through space. That's what like, I think about. Get all the way down to earth and like you're obliterated like why the fuck is he wearing no pants? <laughs> That's all I care about. Why is there a bare leg here? <laughs> what the hell is going Tidy on? Tidy whities. Yeah, he has right. Uh, TD doesn't know about me, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. he's uh, Gaines, Gaines goes full-blown commando. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> he is, there's, like, nothing in between us and little Gaines. Excuse me, adequate Gaines. Adequate. There's nothing between us and adequate Gaines but a little bit of fabric, pants. One layer. Hey. One layer. One layer only. A man's an aviator. That's right. Whatever that, I'm not sure what that's. Apparently, that that makes sense to both of you. Okay, so but, let, <laughs> but let's when we talk okay. about those two movies, but okay. let's talk to about TJ's the, the idea. The, TJ's got a fantastic idea. Flesh this out, TJ. Let's talk about it. All right, what's the idea? <laughs> the uh, gorilla, 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 gorilla cinema. Gorilla oh, cinema. we talked about gorilla cinema. I, I yeah, think last night. I, I'm going to give you credit for the name because I was kind of talking about it, and you said, "Oh, gorilla cinema." You're not name. like that. Joe's, Joe's say it like idea. that. Yeah, that Gur, not go. Gur, gorilla. Wham. We're not gonna watch Congo on repeat. Or well, no, gorillas his, in the fucking mist. It's his idea, I know the word. His idea was because he wants to have some nice, Gur. some cool foreign or you know European or whatever international movies that are a little off the. We could watch uh, un, what is it? Unchin Andalus. You ever, you ever no, seen that? I, a Salvador Dali film? No, no. But uh, oh, yeah, let's watch it. That kind of thing. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Let's. I'm fucking game. It's it's amazing. Amazing. We, the we, basic idea, regardless of whether what films we decide to play, I don't know, is is just to go play movies places um, outside of you know the normal and, and basically have like a, a cinema group or a film club or sure. whatever that goes around and projects movies in uh, odd places and we just i mean it, it doesn't have to be uh you know it's just us right going right. watching movies and whoever wants to show up and, we already talked about a few locations that we and here's not just an odd space we, we could do one here and then we talked about behind the behind black bridge you have that wall right there it's easy to hook up which to, would but, be kind of cool yeah which would would be cool that ought to happen more often actually well, and that, didn't bridge. we do that for the film oh, festival? A film festival yeah yeah but that was a little bit 
interesting and weird because the people were there and they're trying to watch their stuff. So if we just came there to say we're having a movie night behind uh, Sirens and Blackbridge, that would be a big draw. It really would be. And have some really interesting, not some movie that anybody that most people know about, but some avant-garde kind of thing would cool. be fantastic. And then, but then beyond that, right, we just pick a cool wall and figure out how to power it up in some random building. S- something, another thing that I, I kind of always wanted to do is there. there's a, you we would need some four-wheel drive vehicles or at least high clearance to go up uh, past Blackbridge, like the original Blackbridge. And drive up that canyon, and there's a wall of uh, the white—I uh, forget what the name of the native stone is—that's all over around Kingman, but it's almost bleach white, and it's a just beautiful flat wall, and you could watch a, a movie on How it. I've always this? wanted to do How that. How big is this wall? About? Oh, that wall is a hundred feet high oh, by okay. six, right. seven hundred feet long. But like, obviously, you're not going to do that. Like, it's just it's part of a can. Like so we'd have to canyon. have a quiet, like a general, a quiet generator of some kind. I guess. Uh, you could run it off of uh, you. Your projector that you have mm-hmm. doesn't require a lot of juice at all. Right. Like I could use a power inverter and use it in my in my truck. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. But then you have to run the computer too. You have to have a player of some kind. Right. You'd have to wait. Which a, a small amount of power. Very small amount of power. And those two could be two totally different things too, but also the audio. Now that's I've, different. I've I've that's done different. this before, and we did it with vehicles. We briefly discussed it last night, uh, where we used an FM transmitter, just little three and a half millimeter plug, plugged into the computer that transmitted the audio, and people just tuned it in on their radios. So like an actual like, drive through, like, so like, like an old that. drive-in right. type. Um, what are you thinking? What's your that, idea? I, well, I, I think it doesn't have to be the same every time. You know, it d- yeah. depends on the location. That That's what I think would be cool about it is do it a little bit differently depending on each location. Hell yeah. I love this um, idea. It is a good idea. And I like the idea of coming up with with more creative spaces to do it in. Well, the other thing is this too. There's a lot of walls and buildings downtown and we could just go there are we loitering at that point? Are there, is there, are there loitering laws in Kingman where there, they would break it up? Yeah, there are. Like you 10 just, people just get permission, man. All you have to do, all you have to do is do one time. This is something I've learned with having like, like I, I know that Tim was hesitant to have a metal show at, uh, at Blackridge. Right. Originally, like, you know, a year ago or whatever. He was hesitant just because of the liability, the moshing, the people might get hurt. And, and I totally get it. And that is a, that is a real fear. But all you have to do is do it one time and do it right where everybody cleans up after themselves. There's no problems. There's no noise violations. There's no noise complaints. And everybody has a good time. And the, the, you're, you will, that business owner would allow you to do it. I'm sure of it. Or right. whoever, or, or not business owner, but like the owner of the, whatever the property is. I'm sure that you would be, it would be no problem. As long as you prove to them at least one time that... Not a bunch of dickheads. Like, there's not going to be beer cans and shit like left behind and trash. And one one venue that, that I'm thinking of because I'm, I'm there a lot is that parking lot behind you know on Third and 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 Andy Divine. You know that one uh, where, by the where, where the kiosk is where the mural. Is. Yeah, it's a big open area. It's a big fucking wall right there. Not not the mural wall, but the other wall. Whoever owns that building. I just wonder how you would project on that because it's textured. It's textured brick. That it's not a well. It still looks okay on this surface here where we have the framework. And, uh, you know, I'm saying we, yeah, you're this right. This almost goes away. We'd have when, to, we'd have to fuck around with it. We'll have to go check it out. You ever done something like this before TJ? Never. Right on. Hmm. hmm. But the initial idea was also a while back, just a year, a couple years or a year ago when we're doing it out here. He goes, Hey, let's just watch some different movies that are not 
mainstream at all that people wouldn't know. And that, that was his thought, I guess, last year. Okay, well, that's just taking it a step further is what we're talking about doing. I love it. In interesting venues. We could start out here just with a funky movie and, and just... Uh, what kind forward. of funky movie? What Like, what, let's brainstorm that one brainstorm some movies yeah um well i I don't know if uh if i would say do all funky movies um you know i'm thinking like you know ferris bueller's day off that's kind of out there a little bit i could i could watch that definitely in fact it's been too long since i've seen it abe froman yeah. Um, Abe Froman, the Sausage King of Chicago, like some kind of like a Fellini film. That's some me. Kind of, you want to do Fellini stuff? Maybe uh, I teacher? love Fellini. Um, okay, La Strada. Okay, this is probably my favorite. That I've, okay, you know, um, we get real experimental and do. Uh, oh shit! Of course, I lost the name of it. The. <sighs> Why don't we? I can't. I'll, I'll come up with okay. the name. They're, they Steven Spielberg had a hand in them. They're, they're essentially silent movies. Like they have music, but they're, they just depict the earth. Koyana Squatsy and yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Koyana Squatsy, the and then there's another one. Yeah, they just <clears throat> pick very, the earth in various stages of decay. Essentially. Oh, okay, I got you. Would you just leave those over there? I, I can't. They're peanuts, man, and I need okay. some peanuts. I need nourishment. Um, I'm a growing boy. Yeah. The um, oh, I've got, I lost my train of thought about uh, which type of film or Fellini. Uh, no, it had to do with a location or something. I forgot. I totally forgot. I Somewhere totally between up. Fellini and John Hughes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you you talked about last night. You said we should do John Hughes uh, movies only or something like that for a while. Let me check it out. I I would. I mean, that would be fun. A John Hughes uh, film festival. I, you know, I mean, Can, obviously, the, the, a lot of this stuff probably does have to be gorilla because, like, gorilla, um, gorilla, 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 because <laughs> uh, you know we can't get the rights to anything, of course, and you're not supposed to do. Well, that you can't, and I mean, as long as you're not charging, I think is the that's the key. So you're talking about you know, quit chewing in front of the microphone. Kevin Perry's going to get me. Yeah, no, pull. No, no. Yeah, you, uh, thank you, Joe. It's not. <laughs> uh, my, he's yeah. never gonna listen again that's fine my wife is gonna love this one she's right <laughs> oh she's the same same she hates it it's like just knock it <laughs> off joe spanking. just knock it off <laughs> <laughs> now i'm just doing it to piss you yeah off. just hey. stop welcome it's, to you're the, not helping the asmr you're podcast. not helping you're not helping <laughs> go back to the serious yes. topic of, of the films <laughs> Of I was going to confess that I've never seen Pretty in Pink or Sixteen Candles. Okay. Wow, isn't that disgusting? Oh man, I know. You, you I, got some. Well, it's about time. Yeah, I should probably. Catch but I was going to suggest that. that we can do a current because I know you could. You have you have ways, Joe. We can certainly find the current Sundance or can mm-hmm. bizarre little categories of little short films or little independent films. Yeah, absolutely. Things like that. We do current year stuff like that that we're not going to be able to really see anywhere else, and just fucking do it. Cartoon Casual Film Festival. Right. Gorilla. Gorilla Film Festival. Gorilla Film Festival, yeah. That, I, that's what that's what it can be. I don't have to do some research on this. I like this idea. And the cool thing is about a lot of the short films is that they, um, they're they available on YouTube. Like, you don't even have to download them. Like, they're available Cause, cause on they YouTube. Because they want to get them out there. Exactly, yeah. yeah. A lot of the, and a lot of the shorts end up being full-length movies. It's, that's just a, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that yeah, that's they start out. It's like a it's like a a prototype, if you will. They're exactly, like a, and, and and they're gonna sell the idea and get some financing and let's make it a full blown. Film. Yeah, like uh, um, Sideways. Mm-hmm. I've seen. I know you've seen Sideways. Sideways. Sideways, one of my favorite movies. That started off as a. Have a, you seen that, Sideways? You... I've seen Sideways. Okay, all right, yeah. The uh, when he goes off. He's like, oh, I got this. It tastes like this, and it tastes like that. And he's like, oh yeah, it tastes good. And he goes, after five minutes, he goes, are you chewing gum? Like at a wine tasting, <laughs> hilarious. But Sideways was like a twelve or fifteen minute short, but with the same actors in it. But like the director convinced him, can you do this for free? I've got Just, an idea and I want to get this going. And then showed it at a couple film festivals, get some and, financing, and got and financing immediately. Okay. So yeah. What about know. that? Uh, have you seen American American Splendor? I think it's called. Yeah. It's about Harvey. Picard. Yeah. Was, yeah. Come on, I'm an Ohio guy. Oh, of course I have. Okay. Huh? Harvey Picard. Yeah, American Splendor is kind of a cool. It's kind of a cool uh, comic. He was weird. He's a weirdo. Odd, odd guy. Odd guy. Paul has no idea what we're talking about. Paul's no. Paul's on his iPad. No, it's a problem. That's not a problem. It's not that big of a problem. It's not. No. Is there a problem? Nope. Do you, do you need us to rough some people up? No, I'm good. I'm good. I heard TJ was a bouncer. Is that yeah. true? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I've done so, a little bit of everything. I was gonna say, like, I can see you as a bouncer. Like, listen, bro, you don't want to do this. When are we gonna have? I just like I had to talk him, you talk, talk him down. Leaving. Yeah, <laughs> you never hey, did any physical. Come on, man. Come on, man. Don't do this. So one of the ultimate dreams would be though, right? Because we talked about we we had a very long, uh, it's a protracted and 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 fruitful conversation during the break, mm. shall we say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, about some stuff, stuff that we can't really talk about, right? Because we, we that we can't, and we're not going to. When I'm is glad it, you brought it up. No, no, no. When is it going to be that we can have the fuck you money or, or the fuck you career? Or we can just doesn't really matter. No, it's the money comes from someplace else, completely independent of anybody else knowing or caring what we're talking about. That's what that's what the ultimate goal is. Well, if you would just start running drugs across the border with your plane, like I've been trying to tell you to do, then we could have fuck you money. <laughs> that that's attract everybody money. What's the downside? I don't. Yeah, there is no. There's zero <laughs> downside. I mean, yeah, there's none. I got gotcha. you. Okay. You have the you have the plane. You front the money. I was thinking more legal. You make the money. <laughs> more legal. Uh, yeah. Why? You take all the risk. You, you fly. Yeah. You take all of the risk <laughs> all the time. You fly all In the fact, drugs. We're not even going to ride with you. We're just going to wait until you get back with a lot of fucking money. We're just going to hang hang around here and just see if you make it. Like I really hope Paul makes it this time. Don't you, TJ? <laughs> yeah, man. I do. I really do. I really do. <laughs> we'll be your brain trust. That's it. The brain trust. All right, so that's the wait, wait. Wait, that was the one topic I had on my list here. We talked about. Uh, oh yeah, we do have a gorilla list. cinema. Gorilla. So we're gonna work on that, right, Joe? We, we are gonna, gonna work on that. That's an action that. item. All right, TJ, talk about Krata. Krata. Um, <laughs> what does Krata stand for? So first of all, there's we gotta have the discussion. I have always said Krata because oh, when you look at go. the word C R A T A, it looks like it would say Krata. that first vowel should be a long sound. But the other guys say Krata, and at first I was like, mm, I don't know, but I'm coming around to it, and and I think that's the official Krata. And it makes sense to me because you say area. It's Colorado River Area okay. Trail Alliance. Okay, I'll, I'll, so I'll buy into that, but just looking at it, I'm still looking at it Krata. Yeah, Krata, 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 Krata. You're looking at the acronym first, and, and you got to know the full name. And you're right. You're just shortening the full name, Colorado right. Area Trail Alliance. So It's, it's like the history. of You should know the history behind why you do something. Christ riding against the authority. 
Joe came up with that one. Crater. So Crater's rad. Um, you know, and uh, I. You are the legal uh, muscle behind. I guess. Uh, no. <laughs> the legal muscle. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Who's I'll the illegal my, muscle? Uh, <laughs> so so I was brought in. I mean, I, they, they invited me. I, I don't remember exactly how it all, all happened. But then, um, you know, I was like, sure, I'll be. I'll run for an office. And then they, you know, Crater uh, elected me vice president. And. Um, so my contribution is to to keep the meeting on track. That's my, uh, that's probably a good (laughs) good point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Knowing all the people involved in that. Hell yeah. I can see where that comes from. Okay. So we're in Kingman, Arizona near the Colorado river and we're in Northwest Arizona and Crata stands for what? Colorado river area trail Alliance. Thank you. And it is, uh, we're a chapter of IMBA. So which is the international mountain biking association. Uh, which is a 501c3 uh, charity um, that is all about mountain biking. Uh, but Creta is a little bit uh, broader, uh, as the name suggests, in that we uh, advocate for trails in the Colorado mm-hmm. River area. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, But what Creta has done uh, is pretty amazing. The Ed man and um, I'm going to not remember everybody's name, but... Um, uh, John, John Myers, a uh, handful of guys, Chuck, uh, they have been working on these trails for a long time. Cats. Um, yeah. Cats. Cats. cats the, the Mongolian beefcake. Isn't a <laughs> Mongolian beef. I came up with that too. <laughs> that, I think that's on the back of one of his crowd jerseys or his shirt. <laughs> I was like, cause Ed asked me, he goes, Hey man, where do you think he's from? I'm like, I fucking, I don't know. Mongolia. Like I knew his accent, I knew he was Japanese, and I'd heard him speak Japanese on the phone before. Mm. But I was like, I don't know, Mongolia he goes, and him and Ryan Ackerman were cracking up. I'm like, yeah, we're looking to get Mongolian beefcake over here. What's up, man? I saw your profile <laughs> pic on some bodybuilding website when I googled him, and he's like, oh no, you shouldn't look at that. <laughs> no, you should take that picture down, bro, because uh, I'm fixing to wash my wash my sheets on those abs. <laughs> You're, he's ripped. He's fucking ripped. He's an animal. He is yes, an absolute he is. animal. He's so, a beast. Yeah, it's a uh, quiet cats, a, and a great guy. Cats, Johnny yes. Myers, you got uh, uh, Ed Man and Ryan Ackerman, like all those guys, bike guys are all and involved. Been building in that. trails yeah. and building here. the fuck out of trails. And you were you been Alan, helping too? Yeah. You're out there helping. I've gone out a few times, Sarah. Um, you know, uh, the, the like I said, I'm, I'm fairly new to the thing, and and um, uh, yeah, I swear the reason that that uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's great. I, I go out on the trails. I do a lot of trail running, um, and so that's kind of been my thing and hiking. Um, but, uh, as you probably know, I mean, we've got a pretty fantastic trail system out uh, yes. in and around monolith gardens and, um, the uh, badger and, and the camp Beal loop they're all kind of, uh, connected together. There are a bunch of uh, trails out there and, and putting in more. So, um, it's pretty exciting. The, the thing that we have gone out a couple times on recently, and, um, I've gone out a couple times, Ed, th- those guys go out all the time. Um, and there's also um, the the BLM uh, has brought a trail crew out uh, as well, and um, the uh, there's a connector, and it's between uh, Camp Beal. It connects part of the the Camp Beal uh, trail system to uh, to Badger. Um, so so it, it's called Sidewinder. So it goes from um, the Rattler Trail down to uh, the Badger. So it connects those two things and. Um, 
the the trail crew has come in and they've kind of uh, done a bunch of work on it. And then um, what we've had to do in, in order to try to uh, get the next, essentially the next round to, of funding for that trail crew, there's volunteer match hours. And I think we're supposed to have 195 or 200. And uh, I think we're pretty close. We had the, the trail day where a bunch of people came out. I think it was about 20, 20, over 20 people and put in, you know, like a half day. And so with that, after that, we had like 140 uh, volunteer match hours. And so when we get to 200, which I know we're really close if we haven't hit it yet, um, th- that funds the next round of the trail crew coming out and kind of pushing it forward. So um, that's what Creta, the type of thing that, that Creta does. We talk about a bunch of other stuff. Uh, you know, th- there's like a lot of dreams for how there, there could be a big uh, interconnected trail system to include the Wallapies and and uh, some other various areas around Kingman, so that we could have a a big uh, a bigger race. Uh, the Rattler uh, race uh, is the one that we've put on. I've been involved uh, just for this last one, um, but they've put it on. I think now for five years, five times. I think this um, year will be the sixth, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's great, man. It's it's awesome. That just one of the kind of a little hidden gem here in Kingman, you know, the, the fact that we have these really cool trails up there um, and, and Creta's really uh, kind of just doing some great work in, in terms of a sport that uh, is, you know, gives people something to do, you know, get out there, uh, give kids something to do. I mean, just whether it's hiking, biking, uh, or, or equestrian. I mean, the, you know, the, the trails, uh, most of the trails are mixed use, but, um, uh, just a great, uh, sort of dimension or aspect uh, of Cayman. I have a question about the BLM trail crew. What, what do they do differently? Or do they are just, just, are these people that are just experts in building trails or they come out and inspect what you guys have done or do they have like labor just to come out and help or what do they do? Yeah. Yeah, All of the above. It's um, they are the differences. They go out and they do it all day. Then there's, there's like, they do it all day, all week, you know? So it's like a job. It's the Arizona and I'm, I'm probably gonna get this wrong. It's like a, it's an Arizona conservation Corps, So it's like a civilian conservation Corps thing. And I guess once you uh, do it at the state level, there's uh, there's a, a national version of it that um, if you if you do so many hours at, at the state level, you can then go on uh, to to do similar work. And um, but basically it's it's a bunch of young fit kids that come out and and do some backbreaking work all day long for a couple of weeks. Who has the expertise like this? Because Ed, Ed explained to me years ago when they first built the trails out there for this purpose that they didn't know how to align them and do all this stuff. And then the washes get to them and they get all fucked up really quickly. D- does BLM or do they, or they take uh, a consultation from whomever really knows how to do this so that it lasts longer? So, yeah, there's different, you know, uh, kind of the the big dream is is would be to hire these there's a few uh, trail crews, and I, I don't. Ed Mann's a guy to ask about these, mm-hmm. or, or Denise. Um, but uh, th- there's a few companies that go out and and will flag out and lay out the trails to where they're not just sustainable, and you know, in terms of how they're put on contour and everything, mm-hmm. but just like roller coaster okay. fun. You know, what okay. I mean, they build these trails that are just. So cool. So it's not just a bunch of amateur guys just no. hacking it out. Well, okay. so that's like so that's one level. There are you can hire you can hire these big uh, operations that do it, come out and just okay. like knock it out and do the, the bang up 
uh, amazing trail, but uh, you know, they don't come cheap and they're in high demand. Mm-hmm. Um, but these, these guys from Kratom, man, they they go out and flag all kinds of stuff. Okay. Um, and, and they've got a lot of experience in that and they've, you know, learned some of it the hard way and, mm-hmm. and, and, um, you know, from what, you know, being, uh, riders and, and watching other trail crews and, and, and all those things. Um, but, uh, so they, they flag in a lot of the routes and, and I'm not, I don't know all the details on all of these projects. So, um, but, uh, but they are definitely capable of, of flagging in the trails now, um, in a way that's much more sustainable, like a, okay. a lot of stuff washed out, um, in, in monolith. And I, I think that was last talk. Was it October? Oh, no, it was September, October. September, or yeah, something. September or October because they it was up, October. Yeah, they end up almost canceling the Rattler race. Right, we postponed it a month yeah. because of that. We we thought it was going to be uh, canceled, and then it ended up that um, you know the city came out and, and did some work, and and um, they uh, you know guys pitched in and went out and and put the you know got the trails maintained and everything, and so we were were able to uh, put it together and do it in November. Um, which actually that's going to be the new, we kind of like the way that worked out. And there's uh, various reasons that, um, uh, some other groups were able to uh, participate, some high school, uh, kids from Vegas. And, and I, I guess the other weekend that we always had it, there was some conflict where they couldn't, uh, they couldn't participate. And so now on the new weekend in November, um, they're able to come. So we get a, uh, we got a whole bunch of riders that, uh, we didn't get before. Uh, so they kind of, uh, I bet that. you this year, this coming or this year, I guess is going to be really, really fantastic. Is what I bet, I'll bet you it's gonna be. A big, I think it big gets bigger every year. Yeah. yeah, this one was great for uh, all things considered. All things considered, exactly. Yeah. You know, it was it was amazing that um, it, sort of going through that and having the trails washed out and 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 just you know getting past that obstacle and, and putting it on anyway. Um, you know, they did a great job. Uh, I, and again, you know, I'm, I'm barely involved uh, compared to the the rest of these guys that have been doing it for years and years. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the new kid. Um, and so I hope I'm not screwing any of it up, but, um, uh, I think it's just going to get better. Like they're getting better. We're getting better at putting the event on. There's more, uh, kind of an aspect to it of having a, like an entertainment area and have it start and finish downtown. So we, we, we did that this year and, and, you know, we're ironing out the kinks with that. And so, yeah, it's just going to be better and better. And, and um, I forgot about that. I forgot that it started on the street. Oh, it, it was went, so cool. It was cool because it was uh, it went right in front of my house. Yeah. So I was just sitting out front taking pictures of people as they as they go by, and then texting it to to Ed and to Ryan. I, I was and down potentially at the, you, and you were at the start down at the arch. Yeah. Right. At and, the uh, arch that we're calling it. Yeah. What is that? Is Kingman it, Arch. Is it the Kingman Arch? Sure. The downtown arch. The downtown yeah. arch, as Which opposed really, to the uptown arch. Right. It's a really cool thing that people are bitch about the arch, all this kind of nonsense, but it's so cool to have a have it be a line for starting these race events and that kind of It's really yeah, neat. Except that you start getting tourists that hang out in the street with under the arch. Uh, who cares? No, it, I, I do because I almost hit one, and I'm like, I don't want to. Why don't you even look at the street instead of looking I know at your fucking phone? There's like two. I wasn't looking at my phone, man. <laughs> It was like a no. She literally walked out and like they both walked out in the street, and he was standing closer to me and like taking a picture. I thought they were just going to wait until I drove by, and as I get within thirty feet of them, they just stepped into the center of the road. So like, they oh, God, they I know there's two billion looking. Chinese, but I don't want to kill two of them. Okay, fine. like I was, I was like a little freaked out. But anyway, right. fuck it anyway. Yeah, Krata, Krata, Krata. 
Oh, I was going to tell they you. They do amazing I, I, stuff. I told uh, Ed Mann this before, but um, I've had a couple of customers that are from uh, Utah dropping off their their gliders here, and they stayed a night, and they brought their mountain bikes down here intentionally because they knew the Kingman trails were decent. So my little business here has brought in some trail use from Utah, these people that come through and drop their stuff off. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a you know it's a golden opportunity. It's something that, that Kingman could really, uh, that we could really develop a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and there's there's a sweet spot between um, getting too much. You know what I mean, developing and mm-hmm. getting too many people. But mm-hmm. th- some other cities, I mean, if you look at St. George, they they have like some kick ass trails up and around there, and like they're they they have some sweet trailheads. You know, you go out to the trailhead, it's all done up nice, nicely. There's like a little bike maintenance station there. Oh, that's cool. You know, compressed air, and it's mm-hmm. like it, it's cool. They have these little kind of stations that are just like all mm-hmm. modular and and a single unit that are just out of the trailhead. That's um, neat. And so, you know, and it's something that, that uh, we're in a good spot because it gets too cold in the, the mountains, you mm-hmm. know, flag and, and Prescott and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's definitely too cold to bike in the winter and where it's not so much here. And then it's too hot in, in down in Boulder uh, city and, and around Vegas and that yeah. kind of thing. So we're in kind of a sweet spot uh where those riders will be like okay it's too cold but i still want to ride mm. where's the closest ride and and you know kingman's kind of situated that way we're off so, an i40 and yeah. uh, 93 between phoenix and, it is a good it, ed and vegas. i have talked about that before where he says there's literally there's only a handful of spots in north america that have four seasons of riding and, and that aren't la you know that like you can mm-hmm. you could ride all four seasons all over LA and they sure. have little tiny mountain bike parks and shit. But you there's there's very not like few this. not like yeah. this and not for this cheap because mm-hmm. you know your, your hotel rooms are cheaper than that than that like everything's just it's it's uh, and it's accessible. That's something that it's funny you mentioned the um, the little uh, like uh, trailhead like repair repair station with like compressed air and like a rack. Like, you know, like look kind of like how Ed has, you know, that Alan built him that you can put the it, hang the bike up. It, it, is that what they has, have? They have like, like a rack. Yeah, it's cool. It's a, so there's a like a, a repair stand, you know, so you put your thing on there and then there's a bunch of tools and they're just on cables. Okay. Um, so that you don't take off with them. And then, and yeah, there's compressed air. A little compressed and, air and, thing. And, and usually solar powered mm-hmm. uh, water. That would be the big thing here. Just if shit, if we just had like at the, uh, the trailhead there at uh, uh, Monolith, if there was just like a water tank with a solar powered pump. Or hell, even just a hand pump. Like, I don't know. Like, this is starting like, to sound like a bunch of socialist hippies that want to do something out there, though. No, it's more just like hydrating people. I think I, I'm pretty sure like <laughs> the conservative folks like to stay hydrated, too. Okay. It's not uh, they just, drink Kool-Aid, right? It's not just the hippies? <laughs> <laughs> it's not we, we just the hippies. We don't need hippies You and here, your patchouli-flavored water and your kombucha and your <laughs> Dan Fogelberg. What the fuck? Dan, Dan Fogelberg. Fogelberg. <laughs> No, <laughs> that is such a fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn your vitamin water god, god damn it <laughs> taxation's theft <laughs> it'll never never not be funny. i think oh no i would buy the beale street uh not beale street beale fort beale Trailhead, something out there. The Beale Camp Beale Loop. Loop. Have they done a lot of work out there? There's like a big flat parking lot yep. out there now or something. Yeah, they flattened it out. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't been out there in, in a last couple fall. weeks. But, I think uh, it was last fall when they did that. Yeah, okay. it was pretty cool. I was Because uh, I, I, I was like, oh, really? Because that's uh, uh, my introduction to Camp Beale Loop was uh, with Timmy like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Fucker. He's like, yeah, we're going to go on a hike, bro. Come on, bro. Let's go. Come on. 
Like, all right, all right, fucking hang on. Let me get some shoes on, get some water. He's like, no, just a walk. I'm like, it's not just a walk, dick. Okay. You, called it, you already called it a hike. Yeah, you already called it a hike. I already know what I'm kind of in for. And he told me it was two and a half miles. It's almost four. And no. I was like, oh, God damn it. And by the end of it, I'm like, he's like, come on, bro, let's go get a beard. I'm like, how about an ibuprofen first? Yeah. Please. But so, that, but that, but that, that's the time you had asphalt like road leading up to it, to the trailhead. And, and it then you had, stopped. Yeah. And it kind of stopped and you're like, okay, I guess I'll figure out the figure out. And now it's flattened out. It's, it's like a parking area. Yeah. yeah. It's really so nice. This would be a good area for that. You can do biking there also. Is that right? Absolutely. That, yeah. Okay. So this would be a nice area if we were to have something, that's something that we could talk about. Mm-hmm. Not right now, but I mean, you know, for the, for, for a crada, crater, whatever, and maybe even Kingman main street, whatever, to have some kind of a thing there for, like you're talking to steal the idea from Utah, what they're talking about the repair. I, the one thing I would want to figure out is the water. How would you do? How would you do that? I don't. I don't know. Tank. I think. I think you, well, BLM. Yeah, I don't know. I think you got to bring your own. Yeah. I, it's I not, it's not that far away from civilization. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah that's true. But it, it's nice to have a and you know the repair stand thing. Most guys that are, they're going to have a kit already or some stuff in their truck or whatever. So yeah, that's probably they're true. used to it. But it's just kind of nice. It's like oh, there's a mountain bike town, you know. Yeah. So it kind of shows that you, like, like the town is committed or interested in. Yeah, I'd love to see Kingman be that like oh, it's a it's a mountain bike town. Like you know, for mountain bikers to think that would be cool as shit. Town. It really would be, and it's kind of starting to get there. There's. There's people that uh, I there are tourists that I get a chance to talk to when I work at Blackbridge that are that come into town after riding or they come to the brewery after riding to have a few beers and then you get to talking and like oh yeah we heard about you guys just trails are fantastic and I'm like that's cool so I'll text Ed hey I got some tourists that came in they came this is where they're from this is what they rode this is how much they rode and they just love it love it. No, that's just cool. I, I, I love that, uh, you know, it's a stopover. It's cool. Yep. So you're involved with them. And that, that's Creta. Yeah. That's Creta. What's next on the list there? Well, Mr. I don't know. The, the, the only thing uh, I wrote down here because it's TJ's fault is I'm going to skip this next topic. But the, this the stuff's la- not going to talk about itself. It's not. The last one here, you, you just said, hey, Monty Python. I went, all right, let's try that. And down. you wrote <laughs> mountain, mountain, mountain plethora. Pi- pl- something. Month, monthly pylon. Monthly pylon. That's my new trademark. Yeah, I'm not sure what. It's yeah. going to be monthly. Mo- monthly pylon and the search for the holy trail. The holy trail. We're just speaking of the previous topic. Yeah. Hey, there we go. I think it's a new t-shirt idea. It's called a segue. Uh, see, I'm good at coming up with those t-shirt ideas. Right. I'm not really good at anything else, but I am good at coming up with that shit. Monty Python. What's your favorite Monty Python Life bit? Oh, well, Not movie. Bit. bit. This is where we go OG. We're talking about the show here, sir. We're talking about uh, the show. Oh, man. Well, there, uh, the Ministry of Funny Walks, always, of course, is awesome. Always. Yeah. Uh, but just the one where they go, I don't even know what it's called, but they go, uh, they all dress up, they're, and they're all in drag, you know, and they have their purses and their proper British dresses and hats, and uh, but like little six or four inch pumps and all that. And, and, oh, no, no. and then they go out and then they just like throw down and start, start fighting. Fight. <laughs> like they the get into ladies. like a bar fight, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah ladies, I've seen that one. On yeah. Lawn, makes zero like, throw sense. Down. It's so funny because they're just, I mean, it's just these, they're just like, let's, let's dress up like women and then just like fucking wrestle. <laughs> now the parakeet. Oh, the parrot. You mean the, the, par- the, the dead, parrot? The dead parrot. parrot. Yeah. It's a pit on it's a dead. parakeet. It's, it's not dead. dead. It's not dead. Right. And then they did it on 
Saturday Night Live. Did, Did you know that? Really? Yes. The yeah, Mon- Monty, John, Monty John, Python. Yeah, crew John Cleese was on uh, was on Saturday Night Live at like late seventies, early eighties, or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, him and uh, who's the who's the other guy that in the bit uh, the Monty Python bit is uh, uh, Michael Idol. Palin or is that Eric I think it's Idle? Eric Idle. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. So the so and he ended up guest starring like on Saturday Night Live. Like they just okay. open as he walks in. You sold me this parrot. It's dead. It's not dead. It's fine. You're just it's fine. Knocking it on the thing. Yeah. I enjoyed the uh, the uh, lumberjack. Oh uh, well, okay, yeah, yeah. That, that's one of my favorites. What? Okay, so your well, favorite. How about a few bars? Come on. I don't know. The I am a lumberjack and I am all right. Sleep all day and a. Did you say fuck all night? I don't think they say fuck all night. No. Sleep all day and a swamping all night. Swamping. I and think whatever. They say I don't know. I thought it was fuck whatever. Dress in women's clothing, and then people start looking at him funny. They're backing up, backing up, saying, right. "He dresses in women's clothing, and he da 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 da." da. I don't know the, all the words. I'm that was sorry, beautiful Joe. man. No, that You're was welcome. beautiful. You're welcome. It was beautiful. Like Michael Bublé. Yeah, it was so good. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's I sleep all night and work all day. Uh, sleep all night and work all day. Sleep all night and I work all day. And then the the back, and then you go back. I so take my lunch. Okay. I go to the lavatory. <laughs> Uh, you know a lot more words than I do. Wednesdays we go shopping. But <laughs> he's a monthly tea. pylon fan. Yeah, and then I. But then the next part. So the first one is pretty straightforward, and then I think he goes like uh, dresses in women's clothing. Some yeah, suspenders and a bra. I I, I always forget that part. <laughs> we we'll have to uh, check then, that. You have to play that one, Joe. So your favorite <laughs> movie is Life of Brian. Life of Brian's. That's yours too, right? Favorite uh, oh, uh, of Monty Python? Python. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. I mean, it's man, I don't know. It's hard to choose. Uh, well, it's hard. Uh, I, I, meaning of life is my favorite. But just because I'm weird like that, and I, yeah. and I know I'm an oddball, but I just find it to be absolutely brilliant. I would say Life of Brian, like, for me too. I have to. I'm going through all the different it's scenes. So tough. So tough. I mean, because because yeah. the the um, the Holy Grail is so good too. But it but uh, just the the way they take the piss out of the Jesus story is yeah so it, it's, it's pretty amazing it really is I think my I, I don't know why the I stoning, like stoning serving on the mount that for the- yeah <laughs> I don't think it should be blasphemy it's just saying Jehovah Jehovah oh he said it again he said it again uh, no one John is Cl- the stone anyone <laughs> John Cleese's face is. and I want to make this absolutely clear <laughs> even if he does say Jehovah <laughs> and then they come after him. He said it again. His, John, John Cleese's tall body with his long face and then that hat, or do you want to fucking call that thing that's about two feet tall, the whole entire, his look and his face, while well, he has his scroll talking about the what he's been charged with. <laughs> Biggest oh dickest. Oh, my God. All of it. Now, and, we, and we talked about the conjugate or the whole sentence structure of the Latin, you know, Romans go home. <laughs> the biggest dick is part. The biggest dick is pretty fun. I mean, that, but that's like, that's very childish humor. It's not as cerebral <laughs> as the rest of the movie, well, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> I think that gag is just that he's so funny that he fucking, well, he's trying a to- not to laugh. He's Caesar, you know, he's so, he's so, uh, but he's a goofball. Like, you just know that all of those people, they were, a lot of them were like that. They were just like, a little bit inbred. How about, not quite right. How about they're in the Colosseum? How about in the Colosseum or wherever they were watching whatever? And they're they're forming the People's Front of Judea, right. or the Gian People's Front, or whatever they're trying to figure I out. What they're going to the People's Front. 
<laughs> I thought we were the popular front. The Papa's People's Front of Judea. <laughs> oh my they, God. Wankers. It's amazing the that they got front. away with it, you know, because within, you know, like a year or two of that was uh, temptation, Last Temptation of Christ. Oh, man. Which, which from I heard I heard that there like there were bands like there were counties that banned that like it wasn't going to be put in movie theaters and shit. All I was just a kid, belt. but I remember driving past a, a movie theater in Vegas and there were protesters outside. Not a lot, but there were protesters. for Life of Brian or for no, for Last Temptation of Christ? Christ. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> and I just remember being like. So weird. Like, but I was aware, even at that age, I must have been like, I was young. Um, but just like I was aware that there was a controversy. I didn't really know what it was about. Right. Um, and then, but when I went back and watched that movie, man, it is awesome. Actually, it's a really good movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of a sexualization of Jesus. I never saw of Nazareth. I, I had to admit. Uh, really? I haven't seen Last Temptation. So, Meaning of Life is one of my favorites because there's so the fun all the the bits each each bit that they do like each stage of life is fucking hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. Even like the se- the 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 British sex ed <laughs> with John Cleese as the professor trying to teach these like junior high age kids sex ed and this is how you mount the woman. Now, if you <laughs> notice she's not showing any pleasure in her face whatsoever. <laughs> that's the proper way to do it and she's just laying there staring at the ceiling in front of these school kids. Or and when you know our uh, the uh, accountant uh, at the for Blackbridge, we all know his name. I'm sure oh, he is. Sure. He's a statue worshiper. So there, there's been times where he walks in uh, and I'll be like, "Every sperm is sacred," and he just kind of gives me a grin. It's a little. I think he's a little irritated, but he also knows that I mean no harm because I've explained that to him. I called him a statue worshiper a couple times. He goes, Why do you call me that? I'm like, because you're a Catholic. Is he like a committed You're, Catholic? Is he, really, is he, he has like uh, 18 kids. Oh, God. No he, had, no, he has like, I think he has five of his own and four or five that he adopted, mm-hmm. which is cool. Like that's, I feel like that balances out any sort of weirdness that he's got. Sure. Um, but no, definitely devout. Uh, gives up certain things for Lent every year. Something different for Lent every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I called him a statue worshiper one time and he's he hadn't heard that in like 30 years. Like, ah, my grandfather used to call it. He goes, what was your grandfather's? He's a Methodist, but I asked him what a Methodist was one time, and that's when he told me like that my favorite line. It's actually from it, – it, it's an old joke. But you're like, well, what are Methodists? Well, they're just Baptists that know how to read. <laughs> yeah, yikes. Yeah, Gramps would say that in front of my grandma who grew up Baptist. <laughs> Fucking. Anyway, but yeah, the meaning of life I just always thought was just uh, – it's so universal and just so goddamn funny, and I've seen it a thousand times. If I see it once Plus, twice. there's the topless end, like the guy that, that when you get to choose your own death, like how you die. Oh yeah, and he's chased by a hundred topless women over a cliff, and he dies. <laughs> and he, when he lands into his coffin off of the cliff, he's got this giant grin on his face, and there's all these topless women everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, that's. And then like, when that's you, all right, yeah. And okay, then you, okay. uh, there's a documentary called uh, "It's the Life of Python," I think is what it's called, and it's just kind of how they came up with a lot of the their more famous bits and. They asked uh, asked the guy some you know they're all all the Monty Python guys are in a panel. They ask him how did you come up with that, you know the naked women chasing the guy. They're like how else would you want to die? I was like okay, but how'd you come up with it? And they looked at each other and finally they're like we stole it from Queen, because on bicycle race like on that tour mm-hmm. they had topless women riding around on bicycles on stage. Wow, 
Okay. Uh, yeah, in in areas where it was loud. But anyway, so, so Meaning of Life has always been one of You're my probably favorites. familiar with uh, Monty Python, how they got really going. Or they, when they came to America, and did they, what, they played the L.A. Coliseum, I think, was the first place they, oh, they Jesus, came to. Or, or, or they were booked. I believe this is a early, must have been early 70s, I guess. I'm just guessing. Yeah, I have no idea. And they didn't know they were that popular in the, in the U.S. And they had a manager or a, 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 an agent of some kind over here say, hey, I'll do this. And he... He knew how popular they were, or they could be in the U.S., and, and he promoted it heavily. Booked, the, I think, the L.A. Coliseum at the time. I think maybe screwing some of this up, but they're like, "You're out of your mind. This is cr- crazy. We're not going to do." And he went, "Okay, whatever." And then it was just sold out or whatever. And the, and, you know, the whole it was it was crazy. They, they went from zero or what they thought was zero, their expectations were in the United States of how popular they would be to rock stars, wow, you know, comedic stars like overnight. And it, I again, I believe it was their first showing was or their first place at LA Coliseum, and it was. Then they realized they went, "Holy shit, we've we're going to actually make a living at this, maybe." Because yeah. now we get point, to buy just, cars. They were just fucking around, you know, kind of thing, and then they were okay in England. Yeah, they and, were funded by the BBC for four yeah. or five years. Like they didn't, they were just like on the payroll. Yeah, they weren't making a lot of money. They just it was like PBS basically. Mm-hmm. There you go. I think your TV got wonky. Should uh, maybe that's weird. Oh, that's weird. Well, that's anyway, the end of my anyway, list. Anyway, that's the end of the list. What do you think, DJ? Is there something else you want to talk to us about and wrap up? Any kind uh, of, any kind I don't of, have uh, an agenda. Okay. All right. What, uh, how are we doing for time? Did we get enough material? Oh, oh I would, we got a I would say we've so got plenty of got material. A lot of material. Great. Oh, yeah. Well, I could say, yeah. let's say, let's say uh, good night and uh, wrap this one up. Yeah. So thanks for coming out. DJ, we talked about this for a while, and we'll have you come out again if you like to do Definitely. That. This was a blast. You're good. Well, thanks for having me. It was a good time. Uh, and, you know, yeah, I'd be happy to come back again. And I'm looking forward to hearing what this sounds like. Okay, good. You're not going to like listening to yourself. Uh, I bet not. It sucks. I hate. That's one of the things I hate uh, doing is editing is because I have to listen to myself. Yeah. I mean, it's been two years. We're at 122 episodes, 20 episodes, whatever. And uh, I still, it still irritates me a little bit, but I've gotten past I'm kind of used to it now. When I, if I ever actually listen to it, I'm like, okay, that's me. But it was really funny when we first started playing around with this. I, um, I think I was listening to my stereo at, at home one time, and, and I heard Joe's voice. And I've got, I got a pretty decent system, and I thought, oh, Joe's here. Because he wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> I was there in spirit. The show was, it was really it's odd. It was, it was, it's odd in the beginning. Anyway. Anyway, kind of funny. Thank yourself. you again, TJ, for coming out. Thank you, Gaines, for just for being you. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you, TJ. Appreciate it. Just the way you are. Good say, night, folks. Say good night, TJ. Good night. <laughs>